comes to the near side off a of Rask. Blues get it. Barbashev to Sundquist. He launched it wide. Delayed penalty against Boston. Gunnarsson to O'Reilly. To Gunnarsson. He scores! Boom, boom, Gunnarsson! Bring out the Zamboni! The Blues win game two! Three to two, the final. They're coming home tight and Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Come on, St. Louis hockey fans, stand up and cheer. The Blues are back strong. This is our year. It's the Blues turn now. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Yeah, it's the Blues turn now. With that Al McKenna slap shot, you know we can't lose. We are St. Louis, the home of the Blues. Let's do that hockey. Come on, St. Louis! All over the hockey universe, the note is the news. This thing on? Hello? Check, check, one, two. Welcome to Season uh, season 7, Episode 50 of Let's Go Blues Radio. This is the first time we've had an Episode 50. That's a, There's a bunch of milestones in, in the blues country this week, I'm telling you. Uh, we're broadcasting live on Thursday, May... I've got 30th. <laughs> May 30th, ND. 30th. 2019. This is franchise episode number 183 all time. Your hosts tonight are yours truly, Kurt Price, Bill Day, and Jeff Ponder. And we'll be with you for the next little while talking St. Louis Blues hockey in the first two games of their Stanley Cup final matchup versus the team everyone loves to hate. I mean, literally almost everyone loves to hate the Boston Bruins. To interact with us on social media, follow the uh, show on Twitter at LGB Radio. Myself is at Kurt Price. Bill is at Billy Blue Note. And Jeff is at JPonder94. Also, follow the show on Instagram, like us on Facebook, and the website is letsgoblues.com, where you can listen to past episodes, browse the discussion discussion forum, as well as get some cool shirts, t- m- mugs, and stickers. Whew. Okay. That was a mouthful. That was a mouthful. I did one breath, too. That was one take, like in the movies. The whole scene of one take, it's impressive. <laughs> one breath. Um, and you did it live. I did it live. Doing it live. Who else does the show live? Nobody, except for radio folks. All these other podcasters recording their show and doing it later? What's that about? That's easy. God, I hate podcasters. <laughs> Such a surly bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, bunch of posers. Um, Jeff, you've got... Um, you've been talking to some folks lately about... Uh, yes, uh, for lots of talking. Upcoming, for your upcoming uh, summer uh, series spiel. Yeah, so first of all, I, th- I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show before or not. Um, we're not used to recording shows well into May, at least live shows. Um, so I'm glad we are. But uh, yeah, it's definitely been interesting because um, when I started the idea that I was going to do 30 episodes this summer, the idea kind of came to be in December when it was like, oh, well, the Blues aren't going to make the playoffs. So I got to fill time from April to October. Yeah, not the case. Uh, (laughs) We're talking mid-June to early October. 
Uh, so 30 shows are going to be crammed in there. I've already done a little bit of the scheduling, and uh, we're looking at two shows a week, fellas. Uh, mm. That's going to be interesting. It's going to be good, good, fun work for me. So uh, glad I decided to do this project um, <laughs> on the, the one year that the Blues actually go to the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> well, if you have to cut it down, just go with the only the playoff teams. Yeah, no, I'm I'm thinking, I don't know. I'll figure it out. But like I said, if we have to do two, two shows a week, I guess, you know, who's really going to complain about Blues content twice a week in the middle of September, you know? Eh. We'll see. But, uh, no, it's it's been fun. I've, uh, I had a, a Penguins guy on uh, earlier this week. We recorded our segment. Uh, lots of history there. Tomorrow is uh, the first division one I'm doing. That'll be Chicago Blackhawks. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that one. And this is the be- uh, behind enemy lines, uh, yes, portion of the show, the summer show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. New, new, new listeners. What this is going to be is once the season is over, uh, I'm going to have uh, somebody. Well, you, it's typically a podcaster, maybe a, another writer from another team, and we're going to discuss the Blues' history with said team. Uh, so that's what this is. I'm doing the Blackhawks one tomorrow. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I do, I, I fill out talking points before each one. And I'll admit when I'm doing the Florida Panthers, it's like, oh my God. Okay. Scott Mellonby. Uh, okay. Well, let's see. There's probably a couple trades there somewhere. So you'll have like a, uh, you'll have like a three or four minute intro for the, the Panthers episode and like a 30 second show. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, but no, it's, it's surprising. Like the Edmonton Oilers was one where, there's no history there between those two teams. There's a couple trades, a couple common players. But uh, the guy I had on, uh, a guy who's actually been on the show here before, uh, Michael from Oilers Live, uh, we went for a good hour just talking about Blues and Oilers history. So um, there is some pretty interesting stuff that comes up. The Blackhawks one, there's going to be a lot there. Oh, um, I made sure to specifically find someone who was old enough to remember the St. Patrick's Day Massacre. Oh, thank God. So that's going to be a fun one to discuss. Thank God. And this is going to start, what, the week after the blue season's over? Yeah, right now I've got it slated, and and I designed this months ago, so I'm not sure how uh, exact this is, but I've got June 17th as the first time an episode will drop, as they say in the podcast industry. Cool. Oh man! Uh, official beers of episode one eighty three, Bill. So <clears throat> I'm I'm going with some of the the good stuff. Um, one of the uh, one of one of the nicer beers that I've recently acquired, um, Firestone Walker Parabola Imperial Stout. Let me see the can or the bottle. <clears throat> I, I told you, it looks like a small wine bottle. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, very detailed and uh, yeah, and the the, the the label is like textured. It yeah. looks it's like a yeah, that's that's fancy, and and it tastes damn good. It looks good. Yeah, barrel aged imperial stout. Hmm. Didn't think I'd drink a lot of these, you know, the end of May. But no, no. Well, I went to Four Hands the other day, and they still had Absence of Light there. I mean, that that's a that's a winter beer and fall winter, and then they still got some. Yeah. So I was oh, I'll have one of those. That was not a. I mean, it tastes better in the fall and, and winter. Yeah. I, I had it and then I walked. We walked to uh, uh, Ballpark Village from there. And it, was, it was warm. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. Not a, no, it's yeah. not. A, it's not a beer it's you want to go out in the heat heavy. and walk around yeah, for a yeah. while after drinking. <laughs> it kind of sits heavy with you. Um, 
but it was fine. Milk was a bad choice. Milk was a bad choice. <laughs> uh, Ponder, what do you got? Uh, first of all, Josh Webster uh, in the chat here says he saw me at the first watch party Monday standing in line for the concessions. Stalker. Looking down at his phone. Ha ha, I should have said something. Uh, yeah, Josh, what the hell, man? Come up and say hi. Oh, the concession line was ridiculous. I would have really enjoyed having some conversation there. That sucked. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, so the uh, the beer that I'm going with is an old favorite, the Schlafly Pale Ale. Um, again, I'm sticking to what works. The Blues are winning, so I'm drinking the same beer because I'm a crazy person. <laughs> Mine... <clears throat> Mine is, uh, I'm not, I've been uh, suffering from allergies today and I'm on medication right now, so I'm not going to be drinking. But this is the beer I was going to have tonight. Um, Mother's Brewing Company's uh, Three Blind Mice, the brown ale. And uh, it's that's kind of a, an homage to the shit-tastic uh, officiating in the NHL and the uh, the Department of Player Safety, all those all those folks making ruling decisions. Um, they they, they kind of... Back in the day when there were three officials on the ice, two right. linesmen and a, and, a, right. and a referee, the three blind mice thing was a thing. Right. Now there's four. So, right. and you know, it was the. Uh, I think it's a it's a song that's banned. It in, is in all NHL arenas. <laughs> but yeah, I think the first time I ever uh, heard that was when they used it as joking young blood. Ah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, three blind mice. <laughs> Chuckle. Yeah, um, that was before the big game yeah. uh, between in, uh, in Thunder Bay. Thunder Bay, yeah. Uh, today in Blues History, Curtis of the STL Blues History Twitter account, May 30th, uh, 19, what is this, 19, I didn't put it on the other, I put it on one note, it's not on the other, 1997. Uh, 1997, May 30th, Brent Johnson was traded to the St. Louis Blues by the Colorado Avalanche for a third round pick. Johnson had a 13 career, a 13 year career playing for the Blues, the Caps, the Penguins, and the Coyotes. Uh, he shares the NHL playoff record with three consecutive shutouts which he accomplished in the 2002 playoffs versus the Blackhawks. Johnson's numbers with the Blues, 143 games played, 76 wins, 47 losses, 12 ties or OTLs, a 9.03 save percentage, 2.27 GAA, 12 shutouts. Playoff numbers with St. Louis, 5 wins, 6 losses. Get this, 5 wins, 6 losses, a 9.31 save percentage, and a 1.84 GAA, and he lost more than he won. If that doesn't sum up, Blues playoff history. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, okay, one aspect of the of, of, uh, of need to advance the playoffs we had goaltending with with johnson a short amount of time he played the playoffs right. and, it, and well, it didn't get a lot else either right and those those numbers are really you know, you skewed by skewed, his three shutouts right, right. sure right I and, and i was at the game when that the shutout streak broke and got a standing hill guys so correct me if i'm wrong here but brent johnson's probably the greatest goaltender in history right because he had one really good series <laughs> Yeah, he had a fantastic series. Nobody brings that up. He had a great right series against the Blackhawks. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Set records. Um, better than Allen had against we'll uh, Minnesota. This in our pocket the next time we have to go to the <laughs> that Jake Allen That is an ex- a- excellent point. An excellent point. So, uh, I, so I actually, uh, I mentioned I'm doing a, the Blackhawks one here in a little bit for our summer shows. And so I've got some notes on that series. Uh, in that series... Eric Daze, Alexei Zhamnov, and Tyler Arneson, who was, I believe that was their full top line, pointless in the series. That's impressive. Well, what's impressive is Tyler Arneson as the top line player in the NHL. 
<laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that third round pick that we gave Colorado turned into defenseman Rick Barry, who played 197 games for Colorado, Pittsburgh, and Washington in his five year career. He had two goals, 13 assists, minus six, 314 pims. Safe to say we won that trade. I mean, even though Johnson wasn't here a long time, but he he, he did fine for us for a while. He went on to one punch Rick DiPietro, so good for him. <laughs> that was with Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, some mildly interesting news uh, before we get into the uh, the Blues and the Bruins' uh, first two games. Um, but this is a nice little lead-in. from the uh, This is from the Missouri History Museum's Twitter account, which is at Mo History Museum. Did you know that Sam Adams Beer founder Jim Koch, is it Koch or Koch? Koch, K-O-C-H is Koch. I'll say Koch. Coke. Coke, okay, Coke. I'll say Coke. Jim Coke used a recipe based off of his great-great-grandfather's recipe, which was from the Coke Brewery in St. Louis, which stood in St. Louis's Soulard neighborhood. So the Sam Adams recipe comes from St. Louis. There you go. You're welcome, Boston. <laughs> You're the welcome. beer capital of the United States. It is. Take that, San Jose. <laughs> yeah, Teal Town douchebags. Ah, we were we were told that the 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 beer should be arriving. Uh, uh, what? Not not too far. Uh, he's going to a beer festival to get some beers for us, and then he's going to ship them off. So we should be expecting it, I guess, in the next month. Yeah. But uh, so hold off on the douchebag comments. There, yeah, Potter. no. And he says he's doing it right, so us Missouri folk or St. Louis area folk can uh, <laughs> understand what good understand what good California beer tastes beer like. Is. Yeah, and it, we there's a we talked about it before. There's a really really kick ass beer scene in St. Louis, so I doubt they're going to top that. But we'll see. We'll see they won't. They, but we'll hey, you know, I, I encourage them to try. No, I, I mean, you know, give it your best shot. Uh, Stanley Cup Finals, Blues and Bruins, Game One. Um, I for Game One, uh, I know Bill, you watched it at home, right? I did. I went to uh, Ballpark Village for the watch party there, and Jeff, you went to Enterprise for the watch yes. party there. Um, Apparently, so did Josh Webster. Yeah, Josh Webster did too, along with a bunch of other people to sell out the place. Yeah. Um, you know, so as far as Ballpark Village goes, um. It's always a good atmosphere there on game days. I, I like the atmosphere there, watching Blues games, uh, huge screens, um, and, and lots of people cheering on. The, yeah, it's, it's fun. Um, but uh, for this, the for game one of the, of the final, you had to plop down $25 just to get a seat at a table. And, uh, you know, I mean, which, no big deal. I wasn't planning on really sitting anyway. I was going to stand at, at whatever. But... Uh, they they crammed way too many people in there. I mean, I took some pictures. You you couldn't move. You, you, I'm standing against the bar at the end of the bar against the bar because I want to stand either against the wall or against the bar. I didn't want to stand in the middle of the room for three hours, four hours, and it was just cramped. You couldn't move. You, you try to go to the bathroom. You've got to say excuse me forty times to just try and squeeze. You're trying to squeeze through like sardines. It's it's nuts. Um, I don't know how they were allowed to put that many people in there. I, I mean, if if there were a fire or whatever worse or something um people are getting people are dying in there it's gonna be one of those nightclub fires that you hear about you know the, the 35 people died or whatever yeah um it's just it was so nuts you couldn't move and and people people stepping on your feet trying to get by go, a constant line back and forth to the bathroom um and i swear to god it seemed like 80 percent of the people there i just turned 21 they look so young and they're spilling beer everywhere it's like a bunch of noob drinkers <laughs> it's just you know um, every, I, you, 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 I'm, and I wore the mis- mistake of wearing sandals, so I had and, and so I could, oh, like, every hurt. every once in a while, 
feel like a little splatter. Oh my god, <laughs> dude, <laughs> you're you're sitting here telling us these people are noobs, and you talk about how you went, went in wearing sandals, had jeans and sandals on. The fuck? Who's the noob, buddy? A noob. Do you know what hockey players wear after games, Ponder? Sandals. <laughs> they fucking wear. They didn't go to a. They don't go to nightclubs in sandals. It's not a nightclub. It's a bar. Well, get, you're going to a crowded area. What are you doing, man? Uh, you're better than that. That was not my major gripe. That was not that. My, me wearing sandals had nothing to do with it. Um, Maybe there's another podcast out there talking about how some noob was out wearing sandals. There were a lot of sandals there. So, <laughs> but yeah, and I, I, I just you know I. I won't be doing that again. I, I, I'm not going to go back there for a, for another play, a final game. You just can't. It's so it was hot, and it was just yeah. You uh, you hashtagged one of the pictures fire marshal. Fire marshal, yeah. <laughs> Although yeah. they were asking questions, uh, 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 name that tune. Yeah, and uh, you're supposed to raise your hand if you know the answer to it, what what the name of the song was. They start playing it, and uh, I was first to uh, answer, and I forgot the name of the song. Gloria. I, no, it wasn't Gloria. Oh. But I, it was a 70s song. It was from the 70s. So like half the so 80% of the people there didn't know what the fuck, you know, 70s songs are. But uh so yeah, I got won a free beer from uh, guessing a song right. So that was that was that. What kind of beer did you win? Uh I had what did I have? What the fuck did I have? Was it a vanilla porter? I forgot. I can't remember. I was too pissed off at everything. <laughs> <laughs> Free beer. Uh, so it I, sucks. I, I've heard I heard good things about the watch party at Enterprise, Jeff. It was it was a good time. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know I don't know why you just talked so long about Ballpark Village. I think what everybody really wants to hear about is the watch party at Day Manor. How did that go, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> it was a sad affair. <laughs> uh, no, uh, Enterprise was fantastic. Um, uh, I think uh, Josh says the thing about watching at Enterprise is no pregame. And you can't hear what the announcers are saying during the replays. He's right. Uh, you know, during the replays, they kind of shut down the the audio a little bit, and then they brought up the the music inside the arena, which you know I, I'm okay with. I don't need to hear the. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not there to hear Mike Emmerich as much as I enjoy his calls. Um, the atmosphere was fantastic. Uh, the second goal was scored. The place just went nuts. Um, you know, people were treating it like it was a, a, a live game. I mean, um, it, I loved it because people actually weren't coming up to the seats when uh, play was going. And then when, when, the, when the play would stop, people would start walking up to their seats. And I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> that's great. Um, but uh, no, it was a lot of fun. The only thing that sucked, and uh, this is my suggestion to, because uh, they're probably going to do it for this, obviously, for this next game, but for game six, or game five, what I would recommend to the uh, good people at Enterprise Center: charge ten more dollars, charge twenty bucks instead of ten, and uh, hire some more concession workers. Holy cow! They had there was one concession stand that I was at. I was down um, in about one hundred five area. They had one concession stand. There was three people working the entire concession stand. Well, a lot of times, a lot of times they'll hire volunteers. They'll and they'll have they'll have a, a few staff members, but half half or over half the staff running the registers would be volunteers. I think they were all employees. See, they could have done a volunteer thing. I I know, and I mean, with them selling out the arena, yeah. you would think they would treat that like it's a real home game. 
were and it was not it was not treated that way it was i mean i literally so i got in line i i i uh we got to our seats we sat down I looked at my wife i'm like all right i'm gonna go get us stuff to drink and you know you want anything no 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 i'm fine i get outside i mean the lines are like wrapping like to go along the back wall all the way across the concourse and so i text her and i'm like hey i'm gonna be here a while anything you want right now let's just go ahead and get it for the rest of the night i mean it was it was great and i did i it was 6 30 i got back to my seat at like 6 58 it was i was almost in line for a half hour it was nuts we're watching rock'em sock'em hockey here in the background and there's a probert is that craig cox yeah craig cox. holy shit former blue craig cox yeah uh he as a canuck as a canuck yeah th- that was a that was one of the longest fights i've ever seen and yeah. the, re- the officials let him go yeah probert and cox that was a great one anyway um uh josh webster he i agree with him on this too he said the lines to get into enterprise were crazy yeah they were they uh so uh they they had each uh entrance was open but they only had at least from what i saw two of the uh actual lines to get in open to where people are only going through two lines there's typically like six or seven or eight at each entrance so yeah again they had the entire uh what is that 14th was closed and the lines were wrapping all the way up 14th. It was nuts. You know, I, I, when I, when I heard they sold it out, I, for some reason I was thinking they just opened the lower bowl, like they wouldn't do upper bowl, but uh, no, they sold it the entire place. And that was impressive. When I saw the, the video of the place sold out, I'm like, Oh, they opened the upper bowl. Holy shit. That entire oh, place sold awesome. out. Yeah. Everything I heard. No, I mean, I, Game uh, game two was that it was the loudest most people had ever experienced Enterprise, and <laughs> there was no actual hockey there. <laughs> That's great. You know, no, it was it was great. I mean, I know that uh, you know I, I just spent a couple minutes complaining there, but um, in terms of the in-game experience, while the game's going on, while I'm in my seat, it was fantastic. And they had the the Campbell Bowl on display. I'm, I don't know if they did in game two as well. And uh, that was pretty cool. And surprisingly, the line to, to see it was not long at all. My wife and I were, we jumped in, we got a picture with it. I mean, it was three minutes. So uh, that was pretty cool. I mean, I've, I've seen the Stanley Cup in, in person. That's obviously more important, but I've never actually even thought about getting a good look at the Campbell Bowl. So it was kind of cool just, uh, you know, taking a minute to, to, you, you've to been, be happy with the fact that it's inside Enterprise Center. You've been to the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto? Oh yeah, the Campbell Bowl isn't there. No, no, it's there. No, I, mean, I, just, I, I didn't think. I'm you, just. I thought you said you hadn't seen it before. No, no, no. What I'm saying is like really like take in the fact because for me, you go to the Hockey Hall of Fame, you see everything. Every you know the Art Ross, everything's there. Sure. But the fact that it it was in Enterprise Center made it a little more cool. You know, like hey, this brings, is the Blues. Right. The, the, brings this the reality to Enterprise it, right? Center. Um, you know, the, uh, the Bruins showed, uh, Robert Kraft on the Jumbotron. Uh, he was there at the game and, uh, Chris Kerber on air. Did you guys hear what he said about this? I, I saw it in Keith Olbermann's tweet. <laughs> so, well, there, basically I'm paraphrasing here. Well, there's one video Robert Kraft doesn't mind everyone seeing. <laughs> uh, and you know what? And, and they showed, um, uh, who was it? Uh, Bilicek on the screen they brought him in to wave a huge flag and be on the screen as you know for a motivator i guess whatever for uh before game two and yeah they they just want to bring in bring in people that just everybody hates i mean they're boston yeah. guys i get it you know Belichick's a, a legend there but i mean he whatever but you know, to show craft oof, 
Jeez, I mean that guy. I, I, there's no, there's no good, uh, good PR surrounding him right now at all. Yeah, I was. I'm shocked by that. You, uh, I'm trying to think of a St. Louis figure who's not exactly in, in great graces right now. But maybe if they had shown that... Nelly right after that controversy with the sexual assault that was like, yeah, can you imagine like the Cardinals that, showing him on the big screen for, after that happened? Yeah, like no way. Within a month or two after it happened, yeah, that'd be kind of weird. I think it was he was clear to that though, or the charges were dropped or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think the only thing that would be current right now, and nobody outside of St. Louis would get it, is Steve Stanger. <laughs> That's true, Steve Stanger. That's a bad one. Uh, so game one, this wasn't a good game for the Blues. Uh, although it started off just fine, first period uh, played pretty even in the first period. I thought uh, jumped out one nothing on a goal by Braden Shen. Uh, some good work by the Blues on the board. Shen, Shen fires the puck on net, rebounds out the other side. Bowmeister grabs a loose puck, fires a shot slash pass to Schwartz at the side of the net. Ricochets off his skate because it was the pass was in his skates out to uh, Shen at the point who was being covered by Marshand. Who, if you watch the replay, Marshand doesn't react to the puck coming out to the point at all. He just stands there. He's and, having a great series. Yeah, I know, so isn't far. he? <laughs> of all guys that you wish to have a shitty series, Marshand's having one. Um, uh, empty net goal uh, notwithstanding. But he, uh, and then I guess maybe he's just standing there because maybe, oh, okay. Because now Shen, the guy he was on at the point, goes in. Now they got a chance for a 2 one the other way if they can get a break, which they would have, but still. Um, and then Shen fires one past uh, Rask, blocker side. Uh, no, that one that Rask saw, he just beat him. So uh, that was a, uh, and the, the, the crowd goes wild at Enterprise and uh, Ballpark Village. That was that was a fun, and as much as I complain about Ballpark Village, uh it was loud as shit in there. Oh my god! It was just nuts. It was so fantastic for that goal. Oh, that's. I mean, the enterprise was the same. We went absolutely bonkers. I mean, people were hugging and high fiving like we just won the cup. It was. Uh, it was great. And by the way, oh man, people are sure telling us of all the St. Louis people we could have mentioned: Leonard Little, Lawrence Phillips, oh, Eric god, Brighton, yeah. Stan Kroenke. <laughs> oh yeah, that is a yeah. We have a whole bunch. That's true. Yeah, that yeah we do. It'd be kind of like showing Stan. Well, Stan Kroenke is not here anymore. I mean, he has a, he has a home in Missouri still, does he? Nah, whatever. I don't care. I'm, I'm, I don't know who cares. Yeah. He's got the entire penthouse. Uh, but, at- but no, I want to I want to add. I mean, obviously the goal was important, and you said it was a fairly even period. I loved the way the Blues came out in this game. I thought they came out playing their game. They came out controlling. <laughs> They were forechecking like crazy. I mean, if, if that first period would have been how the whole game would have went, I think the Blues would have blown them out. They just they looked so good. And I think Boston was kind of shocked at the type of game that St. Louis brought with them into their home arena. And it was just Boston wasn't ready for them. And, you know, obviously, and, and I, I said this, and, and I'm sure other people were saying it too, um, you know, that, Okay, Boston's going to wake up a little bit in the second and third period. They've had 10 days off. There's a little bit of rust there. Things changed a little bit. We'll get to that. But, um, but man, you got to be happy with the way that first period went for the Blues. Yeah, it was uh, – they played their game like we had seen. I And, of course, Boston did look rusty. Yeah, you know? which is that was to be expected, right. I think. I mean, that was those yeah. were the numbers coming in that – Right. And hmm. But the – their game plan was there. Uh, like you said, Bowmeister pinching down, defense activated, you know, that that was key. And And that's after, been that's been key all playoffs. Right. So after the twenty first minute of the game, that stopped happening. Yeah. <clears throat> well, 
I think Bacchus said in between periods that uh, you know they need to get their shit in gear. Um, and then when when uh, a minute into the second period, Tarasenko uh, scores. This was beautiful. This was. I mean, this this Great is set up by Pasternak. Oh my god! <laughs> this was you. This is textbook how to take advantage quickly of a turnover. Uh, Tic tac uh, on the tape and off. Uh, no one's carries the puck for more than a half second. Um, uh, turnover behind the net by uh, Pasternak. Uh, left the puck for Chara. Chara had curled in front of the net. Shen swoops in, grabs loose puck. Tarasenko reads the play and darts to the slot. Shen slips a great pass right on his tape to Tarasenko, who buries a one-timer. Thank God Tarasenko won the little, little snap one-timer. Um, beats uh, uh, Rask blocker side again. So Blocker side. Blocker side. Um, so, and then it's just 2 nothing Blues. And then I think uh, the volume level at Ballpark Village was topped uh, – the first after the first goal was topped by the the, the crowd in the second goal because now we're thinking two nothing we're rolling i mean the the we we you expect boston to make some adjustments in the, in the intermission and come out hard and we score first in the second forget about it we've we've and you, your mind gets to wander and you're like okay we've got this game it's 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 early in the game but still two nothing my god I'm sure that people are going crazy over a day manner as well over that because I mean that that, that I'm sure the volume level was ridiculous over there, right, Bill? <clears throat> yes, <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> the dogs couldn't um, take it. <laughs> um, no, it, um, we'll get into I'm sure more dog issues uh, when we get into game two because I had one myself. Uh, <laughs> the, the, but we'll talk about that later. They're, um, they're still, they're no, still he, hey, they're still talking about uh, embarrassing things from Missouri in the uh, YouTube chat. The flood of '93, <laughs> Rick Ankiel's fastball. Lord. <laughs> uh, uh, but no, the, dude, they—I'm with you, man. When when they scored this goal, it was this feeling overtook, and I think I was not the only one. It was felt by everyone around me at Enterprise Center. They're going to do this, you know. I, I know. Last week, I said the Blues in four because they're playing pissed off and they're playing motivated. They go up two nothing, and you're saying. Well, fuck, that's it. Close the curtain on this game. The Blues have it. I mean, the way Biddington looked and the way the defense looked, uh, how the Blues were just controlling and dominating play, they're not coming back from this. And it just, it was beautiful. It just, you got this feeling inside of yourself like, this is it. This is the real thing. We're about to see the Blues win their first Stanley Cup final game. And it was such an awesome feeling that we had for about 45 seconds. <laughs> um yeah and i i tweeted out too that uh, uh before the series started that boston's not gonna know what hit them all these people predicting boston and short boston's gonna win a short series boston's gonna win a short series and i'm like that's not gonna happen i i, I mean they're i was so confident that that boston's gonna just not gonna know what hit them and we jump out to nothing and i'm like i knew it i fucking knew it and then all of a sudden then like you said jeff from that point on yeah, no. It, it it they they turn things around. Twelve minutes before the next blue shot. Yeah, yeah. I think they had fifteen minutes total with no shots. Yeah, so, I don't know. No, no. Twelve was a twelve. Okay, I think almost thirteen. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And we only we only had two shots on net the rest of the period. Um. So I guess three shots total. Yeah. <laughs> worst winds up being the uh, worst playoff period that we've had. Um, probably since what game one against the Sharks? Maybe awesome. might have been worse than that. Um, Connor Clifton scores quickly just over a minute later after uh, Tarasenko's goal. Uh, 
Clifton crashes the net with Bertuzzo on him. I, I mean, you know what? I, I, yeah, Bertuzzo could have tied him up better, but uh, he was on him. He had his stick tied up, just not good enough. I mean, I thought this was a nice play by Boston. I thought they executed it very well. I, I mean, it, they, they, he fought through that stick check, and he was able to get just enough of it to flip it up in the air over uh, past uh, Bennington. And Bennington almost got it. He did. He waved, back, reached but... back with a stick and almost got it. Um, he was challenging the shooter, which, you know, and because what Bertuzzo had his guy, which right. is what you want him to do. He has to do that. Um, so, I, and then, but I mean, I, it was a good play. I mean, it was a good, I, I saw it on the screen. I'm like, man, it was a nice play. And you can't get, I mean, you can't complain too much, I guess, about. Yeah, I, I can't not at least be a little like, come on, you know, Bertuzzo, you're a big guy. Keep your body on him. Don't let him get a stick on that. But, you know, at the end of the day, you do have to tip your cap to, to some of the plays these guys can make, not just the Blues, but the Bruins. I mean, we'll talk about Tarasenko's goal in the in the second game here in a little bit, but it's goals like that where, like, the other team just says, well, we fucking did everything we could to stop those guys, right. and they still just yeah. found a way to put it in the back of the net. They're good hockey players over there. Yeah, And, and they're, they're going to yep. make good plays once in a while, and they're going to result in goals. And there's not really a whole lot you can do about some of them. So I think this was one of those plays where, Bertuz, like I said, Bertuzzo was, Bertuzzo was with him. Uh, but, you know, they made a good play. Um, and then McAvoy uh, ties the game at 2-2. This one, this one uh, hurts uh, for me. It, absolutely. I mean, we've been doing so well killing all the penalties that we took. And it's a power play goal that... McAvoy scores, but it's completely unconventional. It's one on three, and he beats everybody with a well deflected shot through the slot. Right. But, yeah, and Bennington had just made a hell of a save in a sequence right before that. Yes, and I think the the, the shot deflection came like right when he shot it because he he, yeah. he lets it go and it's like as he's letting it go, it hits a stick and it's kind of it yeah probably threw it off threw off Bennington a little bit, but. Yeah, I, I'm not. I, I didn't. I didn't. Whatever. <laughs> I, I feel like Bennington and Bill. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like he. We always talk about how Bennington makes himself big, you know, and and that's what you want in a especially a bigger goalie. I feel like he really didn't do that on that play. That he uh, he kind of hunched when he saw the uh, the shot get deflected or when the shot was taken and uh, just didn't take up as much of the net as he could. Am I reading well, that right? Um, I don't know. I mean, it, he's reacting to the shot. It was a good, quick shot, and it was deflected and deflected into a difficult area. I mean, it, just it, over the pad. He, it just over it the skimmed pad. over his. It hit his pad. Just, right, that ticked off the Right, but you know, the way Bennington plays with glove up so high, yeah. which which is what makes him so effective in this day and age. Um, you know, it just it it was just a. Uh, you know, unfortunately, the right deflection and, you know, uh, in, you know, for, from Boston's perspective, the right deflection at the right spot. Um, I, I don't know that Bennington could do a whole lot with that one. Um, <clears throat> so in the third period, uh, Crowley puts the blues on top five twenty one into the third, uh, <sighs> Yeah, a turnover by Bertuzzo at center. A long pass up the ice to center. It's turnover. Uh, Bennington couldn't hold on to the long shot that came his way. After that, it was just an excellent execution by the Bruins again. I, 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 I this was this goal was the most impressive out of all three for Boston. I, the second goal wasn't impressive. It just it was kind of a fluky thing. But this goal, I mean, to be able to have the guy on you, be blanketed by your by the defenseman, 
be able to stop the puck with your skate, kick it to your blade, and then and then put it near post uh, before anything gets over. I, that's a nice goal. I mean, I, I do you say Bennington could have gotten over? Well, he blamed himself. Well, you know what? I the way it looked, I mean, it was more like a, it was like a whip pass kind of thing, a turnaround mm-hmm. whip pass, and he's got to be expecting a whip pa- whip shot on net, right? Right. So and so he's he's down for that, um, and then it goes across. So he's not expecting the pass, right? Um, and he said, you know, that's my puck. I should have had it. Okay. I mean, he he took responsibility for it, but. I mean, in all honesty, that that whole play is on Joel Edmonds. Well, I, mean, I think agreeing one hundred percent. Terrible, terrible. He has half the rink to skate, and he tries to make a pass that he telegraphs. And Connor was Clifton, that Bertuzzo or Edmondson? That was Edmondson. Okay, it was Edmondson. All right, okay. And, okay. and uh, Connor Clifton read it and brought it back the other way, and uh, yeah, set the whole thing up. And Edmondson also. Instead of you know getting down early and taking the crease away, he you know that that puck went through him to Corrali. Yeah, that was um, all all in all. Um, yeah, bad bad play by Edmondson. I mean, he's standing at like you said, he's standing at the uh, at his in his slot in his goalie slot, and he tries to make this home run pass, dude. Skate the puck. I mean. Right. You can't. That that's going to be telegraphed by any NHL player. You know, there there's enough time for them to get back and, and read that play, and then yeah, the I'm tie I'm, a stick up, man. I'm all for uh, moving the puck way up the ice uh, quickly because you can pass it faster than you can skate it. But right. if you do that, you got to be sure. I mean, right. you, you mean it, it, so. But it, it, and I don't think he was. Uh, well, no, it wasn't a good pass. I mean, it was. Yeah, he could have banked off the boards maybe and. But whatever. But I, I think, I think uh, what Bennington was probably upset because he didn't, he didn't uh, control that that shot. He he tried to catch it and it, he, he dropped, bobbled it and it flipped out and then they scored after. Yeah, that, yeah I'm assuming that's what he said. At the same time, your your goalie's not going to cover everything. No, no, you have to right. rely on he was, he was saying the that that Corrales shot. He should have had it. He should have had it. Okay, he, I thought he, he was. I thought he should have had the. He didn't react quick enough the to first get shot. across the. Uh, get across the crease and cover. Usually that's the save. He's made a couple of saves like that on Pasternak going, yeah. you know, not, not that it was the same caliber of shot or same speed. I mean, it was a, a very in close tight kind of, you know, it felt kind of like a broken play kind of goal, but it, like he said, whipped across yeah. Corrali corralled it, <laughs> <laughs> lived up to his name yep. and put it in. I've been have an it, issue it with uh, like... going from post to post in the Dallas series too. Yeah. I mean, we had a, 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 and, and well, that one that game. was more wraparounds, but, right? But yeah. it was still going. He was still going one it, side to the other and didn't get across in time. So it almost looked like Bennington got stuck when he was trying to go across. Like he he tried to slide at first and he couldn't, so he tried to like really push his body across instead of his leg. I, again, maybe I'm reading that wrong, but it 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 was a weird play for him. It looked like uh, he kind of got maybe stuck in a rivet or something. It was it was very strange. But yeah, I'm all for that being in Edmondson. That's an Edmonton mistake. You gotta, you gotta tie the stick up. You get when the pucks at the guy's skate. You gotta poke it out. You gotta keep it tied up in his skate or something. You can't let him get that shot off. Yeah, and my reaction was, if Dunn's healthy, he's coming back in for Edmondson because that's oh yeah that you that's egregious. And Edmondson just had a bad all around game. I mean the, yeah, the he penalty did. he took early on in the game. He's so right. up and down. Yeah, he's so up and down. Um. So with the score three two, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't discuss the 
Perron scuffle in front of uh, Rask with uh, with Krug, and then Krug hits on hits uh, skates balls to the wall down the ice and uh, lights up Thomas. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if I've seen what you got your guys take on this. Um. What are your thoughts on the play as far as uh, well? Was it charging? Because the 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 question is, was it a charge? Was it not a charge? There are some people up in arms saying it was a charge. How is it not a charge? Other people are saying no, it's not a charge. So what's what what what, what do you guys what say you? So I I followed your back and forth with Hoosier Blue on Twitter. <laughs> I thought it was a good dis- I thought it was a good discussion. I, th- I thought it was too, and um, you know I I I've always you know. That was my interpretation or my understanding, rather, not my interpretation, but my understanding of the rule was that you can't skate that distance. I know, I know. That At that he, speed. Right. He coasted basically one stride in the blue line and he coasted into Thomas, but he, he was intent on lighting somebody up right. and, and he was, he you was, can't go the length of the ice and hit somebody and not be a charging penalty. Right. And he, I, you know, the, the, I don't have the rule written down here, but we, I mean, it's you, it, basically there's two, two aspects of it to, uh, traveling a distance and then the force of the hit. So you can't travel much farther on the ice. This is, this is my take on it. And and Jeff, you can weigh in with your take in a second here. So I, I'll, you, uh, the Perron and Krug have the scuffle in front. Uh, Krug's p- pissed off, uh, rightfully so. They had you know Perron, the sky, the play should have been blown dead there. Both guys should have went off. Yeah. There, it's, I mean Perron, uh, Krug uh, cross checks Perron, and then and then Perron slashes him back. Uh, Krug slashes Perron, and then they start to push and shove and wrestle, and then Perron jumps on his back, and. Uh, rips his helmet off and and uh, they fall to the ground and then they get up get separated. Perron goes to the bench and Krug skates balls of the wall after Perron. You can see he goes after Perron and then he peels off and he just skates down the ice with eyes on Thomas and then he lights up Thomas who uh, had just passed the puck off. So um, yeah, you can't travel much farther down on the ice to make a hit and you can't hit a guy much harder than he hit a guy and then he hit Thomas. So. Um, uh, and that is the textbook definition of a charge: traveling a, a distance and then hitting a guy with a with a, a force. You can't. They don't want guys getting hit uh, out of left field by by runaway train. That's that's the whole point of the rule. Yeah. Uh, they, they, it's, it's, it's it's dangerous play. Guys can get killed. So, um, and and it wasn't anything. It was no penalty in the play. Um, a lot of people said that he coasted, and he did. He coasted the last what fifteen feet or so. No. Um, 10, 15 feet, but it was, he, that's how you hit people though. I mean, you never see a guy's striding up until the point of impact. You, you stride, stride, and then you, you, you coast to kind of line up the hit and then you, and you throw your shoulder in that's, or your you know, hip check or whatever. That's, that's kind of how you do it. So, uh, coast it. and coasting it. People say, well, he coasted at the, at the, at the end. So what? He still traveled a great distance at a great amount of speed and then lit up, lit up, uh, a Thomas coasting has nothing to do with it. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I don't well, know why I, that wasn't a charge. I think that's where but... we're going to disagree. Okay, go ahead. Cause, um, I do feel like, yes, I, I see your point in the, uh, the traveling great distance and, um, but I think he was mostly skating and actually L S G A E scuba. So I call him right. Right. Scuba. Uh, in our YouTube chat, he said, uh, he was skating to get back into play to be fair. And it wasn't late questionable at best. So I, I actually agree with him there. I think it was questionable. If they would have called the charge, I wouldn't have been like, oh, that's terrible. 
but I do think he did coast enough to warrant not getting a call. I think if you let Perron and him go in that play before that, then you let that go. Now, having said that, I think in the moment of the game, what's happening in the game, what other calls have been let go, what other calls have been made, you know, you can make the case either way that that, okay, we're going to let that one go or we're going to call that one. The way they were calling the blues on hooks on uh, the, uh, the, the bullshit slash or the, the slash on Shen, the way they were calling that those plays, I probably would have still called that a charge, but I'm not in terms of what had happened right before that. And them deciding not to call Krug and Perron, I wouldn't call that a charge. I'm not going to make a penalty there because okay. they already let so much go right before that. Okay. But, so so to, I'll ask you this. <clears throat> so you said that, so you, you feel that the coasting at the end kind of negates the idea that it's a charging call. Is that, that that's just, that's your take more or less. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, why, why is that? I'm just curious because, because I, I, I'm just saying by the letter of the rule, it, it doesn't mention anything about striding or coasting. It's distance traveled at, at you know, and then the force yeah, impact, which, which is a result of great speed, which he had. The NHL used to have a, I don't know if they still do. You can look it up on YouTube. They used to have a video on, on uh, what each penalty technically really was. And they showed you, you know, actual plays of, of what that penalty is. And if you looked up charging back on those old videos, there was much longer strides right before the hit. I mean, Cam Jansen, let's be honest, was the king of the charge. That guy would full-on stride until he would hit someone in the head. And and he would get called for charging almost every hit because it was warranted. I feel like Krug did let up enough to where it wasn't truly a textbook charge. Well, okay. Well, you know, to be honest, it's interesting because usually charging calls aren't called based on the rulebook anyway. Their charging call is, is almost always when you leave your feet that they'll call that a charge. Um, and because if you look if you look online for you know videos of examples of charging, like you said, I did that and I found a lot of them. They were all talking about players leaving their feet, which is interesting because that is nowhere in the rule book under charging. It doesn't doesn't say anything about a player has to leave his feet or if he leaves his feet during a hit as a charge. But that's generally what they call a charge as uh, on the ice today. So yeah, it's true. And if anybody wants to make that argument, Krug did leave his feet after the right. Hit, no, right. right, exactly. No, he didn't leave his feet. I thought. No, I know at, you. I know you're not. At the time of the hit, I thought, "Oh my god, what a fantastic hit! Oh my god, that was a great hit." And then I saw the replay at ice level, and I, uh, the one that was behind the play, and I just saw him just balls to the wall, and I'm like, "Oh shit!" He was skating hard all the way down the ice, and then and he coasted, and then and he let it Thomas. I'm like, "That's." got to be a charge i look up the rule and well so okay so we disagree a little bit now the way that i see it and, and again I'm, I'm with scuba on this i feel like he krug's a hard skater that guy's always going balls to the wall you watch him play that's the way he plays and i feel like he really was trying to get back into the play but you know hey that maybe that's where we disagree is the fact that i feel like he was getting back into the play maybe I, you feel like nah. he was going out to hit somebody no i i i I I mean we're judging intent here, which is hard to do, and the officials have to do it too on the ice for a lot of different things. Right. But um, so it's you really can't say with any great degree of certainty what his intent was. But based on everything that has happened and the way he was skating, 
it didn't look like he was skating back in the play. It looked like he was going to light somebody up because he was making a beeline for Perron. And then Perron, oh, he's on the bench. I can't hit him. He's like he's like one foot off the ice, you know, getting ready to uh, go over the boards. So then he peels and, he, and he's like, I'm, I'm going to hit somebody. I'm going to hit Thomas. That, that was my interpretation of his intent. So whether or not that's right or not, I don't know, but that's the way I saw it. So yeah, I, and that's that's probably where we differ. I feel like if uh, I think if was I getting, agreed with you that that he was going to hit somebody, then I'd probably agree with you that that's probably a charge. Yeah, I was going to say what I would like to have seen is when Perron decided to go to the bench, slow up a little, and while Krug is <clears throat> skating by him, get stuck in the nuts. <laughs> Perron didn't even look back. Right, no. He didn't even see him. He just peeled off and went to the bench. Yeah, he didn't see the hit even. <clears throat> so, so you know, covered the charge, but what about the stare down? Yeah, right. And that's another thing, too, is that uh, Bennington, uh, well, he, he, he skates by Bennington after the hit, and he just stares down Bennington, and Bennington said it to the game that he was uh, – his eyes were dilated and bugged out, and he was uh, he's high on something. <laughs> yeah, don't know if he's on something. Yeah. So, and that that to me, I mean, kind of leads to the. I mean, I don't. The fact that he was like enraged says to me that uh, he wasn't just skating back into the play. He was wanting to destroy somebody. He was out for blood. So, but we'll never know because he'll never say. No. Um, and then the empty net goal by Mershon with under two minutes to go. Uh, Blues pulled their goalie and kind of looked awful with the. Uh, Goalie pulled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you. So what we heard after the game is, you know, uh, after the first, you know, twenty-one minutes of the game, where our, you know, we were just spread out too far apart. Well, that was definitely obvious on the empty nickel. They had no idea. There was no coordination. Yeah. Um, too much, too much of a gap between everybody in the defensive zone. Bad turnover. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a, a bad play by Perron. On that, yeah. to just throw yeah. the puck up the board. I mean, just yeah. you've got time. He just per- whipped up the boards. I mean, Perron's had a bad series to this point. Well, yeah, and so was Marshawn. So yeah, and uh, I'm with um, I'm with the good Price brother here, Keith Price. I don't even know Keith, but I'm gonna call him the good Price brother. Uh, not a he says not a fan of pulling the goalie that early. I'm with you. Uh, I think it was about two fifteen left, two thirteen maybe when the when Berube decided to pull the goalie. It was an offensive um, face off though. Yeah, but I feel like the Blues had not and now okay. Here's the thing. If the Blues had played like they did in the first period for a couple minutes before that, I would say, okay, yeah, pull the goalie, 213 left. The Blues did not have great offensive zone pressure before that. The 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 Bruins were having some easy outs. Uh they were making the Blues were making some dumb plays. You mentioned Perron's play. I feel like when your team is not hemming the other team in and putting them back on their heels, why pull the goalie that early? You should wait because I, if anything, all you're doing is you're giving them the empty net because right. Boston's been able to grab the puck every chance they get. So if, if maybe if the Blues had been a little stronger before that, I'm okay with them pulling him, but I was not happy with that, with the way they'd been playing right before they pulled him. I would, I would counter that with the idea that they have not been able to sustain any offensive zone pressure. So we've got an offensive zone face-off. Let's get the man advantage and see if we can have that help us to get that offensive zone pressure when we need it. Because they might not get another offensive zone, you know, a face-off the rest of the game. But, but that's so, I mean, I don't like pulling the goal. I'm, I get nervous when the goal is pulled uh, outside of two minutes anyway. Um, but you see teams do it all the time. I, and but, to be honest, the Blues have been terrible 
with the with the extra and attacker. Yeah, with the extra attacker. It's been that way. Um, I know early on in the playoffs, there was somebody throughout the stats uh, throughout a stat that the the opportune time to pull the goalie when you're down by two is like three minutes fifty seconds to go. Well, which, that's that's yeah, that's but down, down by two, down yeah, by yeah. Two. right, sure. Down by one, pull them at the point you do. Minute uh, and a half? Yeah. I, as a goalie, I always hated being pulled and it's seeing, you're losing. Right. <laughs> seeing, well, that too, but seeing a puck go into the empty net. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, just, let, well, me do, let me do my Seeing a puck job. go into the empty net with like a minute something left, too. Yeah. That sucks. Right. So that's like, oh, we did, we, we fucked that up. We shat our pants. Yeah. So, but I mean that this game, you know, uh, Boston wins four two. This game was not uh, didn't uh, surprise me. I, I, based on the way the Blues came out in previous series, they they haven't looked good early on in a series yet in the playoffs, as good as they did later. So, uh, this is not shouldn't be surprising. It's disappointing, but it's not surprising. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. The, Blues, the Bruins outshot the Blues thirty eight to twenty. Had the edge on faceoffs fifty four percent to forty six. Five power plays, converted one. The Blues were 0 for 2 in the power play. Um, and with this result, this guarantees I'll be at Disney World for at least one game. I'll be there for game games 5 and 6, if ne- 6 if necessary. The series will have to go 7 games if I'm to see the end of the series at home. Wow. Well, technically this game didn't ensure anything. It's the next game that ensured it would go 5. Right. After this right. game. No, no. Well, okay, I'm sorry. If the Blues are going to win. That's what I meant. If the Blues are going to win the series, this ensures that I will. I, it won't be. I won't be here. It won't be over before I go to Disney. Um, but uh, you know, in this game, there's uh, there's a lot to talk about here. I don't. You know, half hour show is what I always tell myself. Although it's really like a five hour show for us. Um, so I'm not going to complain too much about everything. But uh, the penalties. Bill mentioned this. You got to stay out of the box. Uh, yeah, a lot of those calls could go either way. I mean, you got the, the Edmondson high sticking against Backus was stupid. Uh, the Robert Thomas hook, I was not a fan did, of. Did he make Did he make contact ball. with Backus's face, or did it was it embellished? I mean, I, I think it was embellished. I did too, but I, you couldn't. There was no other reverse camera angle to see. I think I when I first saw it, I thought "fuck Edmondson." Yeah, but then when I saw the replay, I thought, "I don't even think he got him." I don't either. Based on Edmondson's reaction, uh, and and it's hard to tell on the camera angle that we saw because the camera's behind Backus, right? You can't right. really see if it makes contact with his face. Yeah. So, what I've said about all of the penalties in this game, I understand why they were called. The Blues put themselves in bad positions to be called for penalties. And I think yes. that was the case with that, with Edmondson. There's no definitive angle that we can see whether or not he hit him. Right. You know, the Blues fan and all of us is going to say, no, it was embellished. Well, I just don't I, know. I'm not I, saying no, he didn't. Like, I'm just saying I don't know. I, and I think I think there's I think you know Edmondson deserved a penalty for putting himself into that position and allowing yes. back his opportunity sure. right stick it up to to embellish so yeah let's go to the which Thomas he has play. done a lot this right. series so far so the Thomas play which you know it it seemed soft but in even that split second that he got his hands got his stick up into the hands. <clears throat> of Bergeron, it caused Bergeron to cough up the puck, and that's when the ref's arm come go out like this. <laughs> it's 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 gonna get called every time. 
Because that's that's been the standard. No, Not that there are standards in the playoffs, but that's been the standard for a long, long, long time now. Stick into the hands, turnover, you, penalty. What I don't like is the fact that uh, stick lifts will sometimes get called for a hook. Mm-hmm. That drives me bananas. That drives yeah. me crazy. Because I mean, that's a fucking. I mean, you can't. What are you supposed to do? Turn your stick upside down, toe on the ice, and then uh, stick lift with the heel of your stick? No, you don't do that. You you you, st- you stick lift with the blade. You and your your stick kind of hooks theirs a little bit from underneath. And sometimes that gets called as a hook if it you know if they can't break free from the stick lift right away. And that's I mean, you that's got awful. you guys grew up playing mite hockey. We were taught early oh. on that that that's better than than clamping down on the on the player's stick because they'll call that hooking. Well, now they're calling stickless hooking all the time. Yeah. It's 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 asinine. It's crazy. The thing that drives me crazy mostly about this game was Boston. Uh the way they play and and I know that I'm probably just sounding like a bitchy Blues fan right now, but what you are. They I feel like they draw a lot of picks. Like the way that they play and the way that Cassidy coaches them they get a lot of plays where guys are just stepping in front of the blues when the puck carrier is bringing the puck up and they're not called for it. They're not called for interference or obstruction or whatever you want to call it. And it's just allowed. It, it's like 1990s hockey. And again, I know I sound like a bitchy fan, but I just, there are so many times where I'm like, technically that's interference. Like that was an interference. Why are they not calling that? And I guess it's just because, that's how Boston plays. That's how the, their standard has been set all year. So they're not calling it. But I feel like if the shoe were on the other foot, the Blues would be getting interference calls left and right. I, maybe I'm reading that wrong, but I, I just, I saw my, I caught myself multiple times saying, "How is that not an interference right there?" Uh so uh, game two happened last night, which, um, you know. Uh, you know, it never it never fails after one game in the series. Someone asks online if this is a, this is a must win game. No, I mean, I I didn't think it was a must win game last night, but uh, it was a really want to win, need to win would be would be great. Um, don't want to go down two zero. Um, but uh, so uh, I think they needed to show something in this game. The Blues needed to show that the first period of game one was something that they could maintain over the course of an entire game, uh, and they pretty much did that last night. Um, I I like this game. I mean, it's not they weren't without their mistakes last night, but they, this was a really really good road game in the playoffs. You, you, I don't think you can play a better road game in Boston than the Blues played last night. Uh, it was really good. Um, not not because the Blues won in overtime, but I mean they they made all the uh, they made it, which made all the sweeter. But th- this game was extremely entertaining. It had back and forth goals early, then a goaltending duel, lots of physical nasty play. And I tweeted out, uh, I think it was after the first period. Um, somebody's this series is getting nasty and there's gonna be a number of players from each team that don't finish the series and <laughs> prophetic yeah a little bit so uh robert thomas did not play in this game uh do and brube said it had nothing to do with the hit by krug i don't believe that for a second I don't. I don't know. I. I might. Um. He I heard it's a wrist thing. Yeah. And, and I thought he looked a little injured at the end of the San Jose series as well. Well, yeah, he was hurt, and he he wasn't participating in the practices and stuff and the pregame. And the, but he was, he. He he takes the hit, doesn't play the. He plays two minutes the rest of the game, and then he's a scratch for the next game. So, I mean, the hit 
I don't know. Is it a coincidence that he got hit and then all of a sudden doesn't really play anymore? So, I mean, maybe, maybe it wasn't a concussion. Maybe it was the wrist. Maybe it, the hit irritated the wrist, but still from the hit, though. I mean, right? I don't know. Unless he heard it later on the next shift. I don't know. I mean, it could have been something where maybe the hit happens and he, I don't know, I didn't see how he landed. Maybe he landed on his wrist. Maybe he tried to pick himself up with the wrong wrist and mm-hmm. aggravated it again. I don't know. But it is possible, obviously, that it could have been the hit. But it's definitely something that seemed like it was more lingering than uh, than something maybe he <clears throat> hurt right off that hit. Um, Charlie Coyle uh, put the Bruins up one nothing. So I guess, you know, uh, the team that scores first in both games lost. Uh, Charlie Coyle put the Bruins up one nothing four forty four into the first. Um, power play goal. Yeah, uh, was it? Yeah, this is a power play goal. Four. Oh, was it? Uh, well, now you got me wondering. I'm, I don't uh, think it was. I'm doubting. I, it was a power play goal. You're right, Bill. Very good. See, good I thought it was. Okay, but I, it, but, I, I yeah, okay. power play goal on a missed assignment by Oscar Sundqvist. True. Yeah. Um. Five hole goal. Um, I, I thought I thought uh, the team got sucked over too much to the far side, leaving uh, the the front of that open. Right. I thought it was a good shot by Coyle. I mean, oh, you was, could tell you could tell he was trying to go five hole. Uh, well, the puck was fluttering as it came to him on the ice, so you could tell he's like, okay, just just nice solid low shot on net. Don't try and do anything fancy with it. And uh, he did, and it was it was a gaping five hole. That was I mean, it was a, it was a cavern yeah. to shoot through. Yeah, some people lost their shit on Twitter after that, and or on uh, Facebook, I guess it was. I think that's what you shared yeah. with us, Jeff. Yeah, Sunquist. Yeah, <laughs> Sunquist didn't slide over uh, to cover the slot area uh, after um, Pareko vacated the area to slide right. So, yeah, yeah, tried to overload the boards and left the middle wide open. Yeah, and they did the. Yeah, and they, it's a defensive breakdown, and it happened on the second goal too. Yeah, I was going to say, if you pause this at about 15, 18, right before the, well, whatever the actual time is, I'm terrible with math, but 15, 18 left on the clock, um, you can see that, yeah, Sunquist is missing an assignment there, but Petrangelo's not really covering anything there in the side. The Blues are pulled over into the corner there. There was, there was a winger not, over there. I mean, there was a winger over there. But, yeah, but it's just it, it's it was a bad play, I think, altogether. I mean, you know, I, everybody kind of picked on Sunquist, and it probably is mostly Sunquist that should have picked up Coil. But I think that was just a a breakdown in, in the, the. I think the the way the the Bruins carried the puck in, I think it kind of surprised the Blues. I think it got them out of position, and uh, they just uh, they left Coil wide open there in the slot. That's just bad coverage. Yeah, I think when Preko shifted over. And vacate this position. I think the rest of the team has to rotate and shift and cover, and that didn't happen. It's that's to sim- oversimplify it. Um, Bert- and it is it is a leaky goal from from Biddington. I don't think it's a bad, particularly a bad goal, but it's a leaky goal. Yeah, I mean it was a it was a nice shot by Coyle. It was a nice nice real nice play by Boston to take advantage of what the Blues did. Um, I it was their execution on this play was 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 top notch. So I, I I'll give them credit for that. Um. And yeah, I agree that uh, you know, I mean, the stick wasn't on the ice. It was, it was like the heel was on the ice, but the the blade, the paddle was up a little bit, and yeah, it didn't. So, with with his textbook of, as we have gotten used to Bennington playing, it was odd to see. Right? No, I agree. And the second one too, to be honest. Yeah. But I, I think I know what I was thinking on the second one. 
But uh, Bertuzzo scores off of uh, Grizzlick, which Grizzlick, Grizzlick. Well, right. Sound. Well, I, I, I keep thinking of the bar in the Grove, Grizzlick, when I uh, say his name. You ever been to Grizzlick? No. They have cheap beer. Grizzlick, not going to work here no more. <laughs> Grizzlick. Uh, five minutes after Coyle's goal, uh, Gunnarsson purposely shoots wide, which I had actually criticized the Blues of doing too much of because uh, uh, I guess there, there weren't lanes in the net, so we're shooting wide, trying to get uh, uh, rebound, you know, uh, bounces off the corner and then, and then uh, plays that way. But um, they were doing that a lot. So I, 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 probably like a minute or two before this goal, I was like, quit shooting wide on purpose. It's not working. <laughs> so they uh, they shot wide. Um, Bozak gets the bounce off the boards and quickly slips a backhand pass through the low slot. Uh, goes out the other side uh, to the far boards. I think he was trying to hit Maroon. Um, but uh, where Bertuzzo uh, skates in, puts it in, puts on net off of uh, Grizzlick's leg and uh, top corner on Rask. It's funny how the goal is going that way. Uh, yeah. It was a beautiful deflection. <laughs> yeah. Grizzlick had a rough game. <laughs> yeah, he, had, he had a terribly <laughs> rough game. Oh, and uh, yeah, I. This is the one goal that hasn't gone blocker side, right? Yeah, uh, right. It is. Yeah, glove side. That's right. I think I put in the notes yeah. that every goal had gone blocker side, but that one did not. Yeah, yeah. every goal we we put in. Right. <laughs> by the way, this was also the uh, the play that uh, Pat Maroon skates by the Bruins bench and tells them they're fucked. Yeah, you guys love are so it. fucked. Yeah, <laughs> love it. God, <laughs> such moxie, man. I love it. No, uh, that was uh, that was a crazy the way that if you watch Rass reaction. He really like. I think He's he pissed. saw it. I think he had it. Oh yeah. And then the minute it hit, the minute it hit Gridslick, completely lost sight of it. Yeah. Because he flinched a good. I mean, it was almost a full second before he finally raised his arm up to try and make the save, and it was already well past him. Well, you saw his his hand, but he's like he gives one of these. You know, his hands go up like, yeah. what the fuck? You know, don't yep. what are you fucking doing? That's an easy shot for me. Don't deflect it. Right. God, I hope somebody takes you out of this game. Although you want know Maroon was behind him. <laughs> Mar- Maroon was behind. Uh, uh, Rizlik. Oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, right, and and so they, Rizlik, they exchange, you know, yeah, oh face yeah, Right, Maroon gave him a shot after they scored. Um, but so in Grizzlick's defense, you know, I, Maroon's behind him, so he's trying to block the shot so it didn't get through. So Maroon doesn't have a chance to tip it or or get a rebound or whatever. So I I get where he's going, but yeah, Rask is uh, <laughs> wasn't none too happy. Uh, Nordstrom puts the Bruins back on top two to one. Uh, another defensive. Uh, Poor defensive responsibilities on their own end. Uh, Edmondson and Perron uh, chase a loose puck behind the net with no help coming to cover in front, which is similar to the first goal uh, to Nordstrom, who uh, uh, Corrali gets the gets the puck first behind the net, whips a pass in front to Nordstrom, who has all day uh, and then some to uh, go to his backhand. And then pretty sure Bennington thought he was going to try and go high because mm-hmm. you see he kind of lifts up with his left pad, right, and uh, which leaves his five hole wide open, and he just slides it through. Yeah, so. I mean, let's let's face it though. I mean, most shooters are going high there. That, yeah, that was a great play by him to do that. Yeah, no, and he had time. It's not like it was a quick bang bang play where he's just trying to stuff it in. He had time, so I get why he thought he was trying to go high. You know, but yeah, it didn't look good at yeah, all. Just, it looked terrible. Yeah, such an egregious turnover by Perron though. Total opportunity to get the puck out of the zone. Screws up the pass. Tries to take it back behind the net. Turn the puck over. Puck goes between his legs to Nordstrom. And he opens them up and scores. Uh, um, again, not a. I don't think particularly a bad goal for for Bennington, but a leaky goal. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it, it looks, it looked bad. 
So it's uh, it's interesting because this was the first time, and it's funny because we talked a little bit about this uh, this week to, between the three of us. That my my thought was, oh God, don't don't take him out, don't put Allen in. I was going to ask you if he has. Were you guys worried about Bennington at this point? Hell I mean, no, not me either. Hell no. I was not. No, I wasn't worried about Bennington. I was worried about them. Them being worried about Bennington and oh. making a change. I, at no, this point, no. I, no. I, well, I, I, I knew social media would kind of freak out because that's what they do. Of course, I, but yeah. that was. But I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't worried about him getting pulled. I mean, he's. It's two goals. You know. I mean, I, I, I wasn't concerned. But I, 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 I was. I was like, okay, let's, uh, let's clean up the five hole shit. All right, um, tighten up a little bit because. Uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll admit, man, this was like. My first thought was, okay, I'm. This is the first time he's given up two goals in a row in the same period that he probably could have had. I was like, even though it's the Stanley Cup final and I, I don't want to do any tests like this, I was kind of excited to see how he was going to respond. And yeah, <laughs> he no. responded pretty good. He's a good responder. Yeah, he is. I mean, you would have hoped it would have come off the first goal, but. Uh... You know, the second goal, he's in alone too. He's, he's yeah, not like it's, it's a it's it's a in tight chance. The guy's all alone on him. Yeah, uh, it's that's tough. So so I will say that I never never entertained the thought that man he's having a bad game. Maybe they should give him a break. And to see the reaction that that Jeff shared uh, from oh yeah, uh, friend of from his, his friend <laughs> on social media like that oh, that they're like completely losing their shit. Yeah, I know. And thinking that he needs to come out and he's done. No, man. That well, just... you know what? Should 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 we have a little break and have our uh, social media fails right now? Uh, why don't we do it? it? Seems appropriate. Kurt, right. Kurt, mark mark the tape. Kurt, uh, we got to put the music in. Uh, okay, I'll just give one of these. Just hum. <laughs> just hum. <laughs> uh, so this is in the St. Louis Blues Nation group on Facebook. Uh, Mr. Tim Newport, welcome to Social Media Fails. He says, Bennington is finished. He needs to be pulled. He is now horrible. No way a professional goaltender can be this bad. Okay, all right. That's a strong take. Uh, and then my friend, someone uh, that Bill just mentioned, uh, actually a goalie himself, and I hope he doesn't hear this because I'm about to feed him a compliment, a pretty good goalie in his own right. Uh, surprising to see this because he has been a big Bennington fan, guy I play with in uh, H&A. He says, uh, my friend Cortland Frost says, put Allen in net, bitter looks bad right now. But I will say that after the game, he edited that and put an edit, Nah, leave him in there. <laughs> oh, shit. It's it's it's. I mean, you know what? I mean, there. It's, and we talk about this a lot, but it's it is. You you win a playoff game, you're gonna win the cup. You lose a playoff game, you're gonna get swept it, yeah. or lose the next three or whatever. It, it's, they're, they're, the bipolar meter is just right. going bananas. <laughs> on, you're you're gonna get swept. Jesus and, Christ! You know, and you're gonna forfeit all draft picks. <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna be allowed back in the playoffs next year. Judge Houston's gonna make an appearance. Yeah, uh, I, I I I love uh, by the way Keith Price uh, comments here. Allen did make one save. He did. He did that, that <laughs> shot that came over the boards. <laughs> Might have saved somebody's face. Yeah. At least he's paying attention. Yeah. Get some work in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that's uh man, I gotta I gotta say though, that uh yeah, I'm with you guys. I mean we, we talked a little bit about this. That it's like fans are almost conditioned at this point with how the blues have had 
the uh, the the split goalies uh, to just say, okay, bad goal. Let's see somebody else come in. Then let's throw in the other goalie. Yeah, that's how, not how it is. How many times you have a goalie that's your starter and that you expect to get you through the rough patches? That's not what you do. You keep in your starter and let him work it out. And luckily, that's exactly what the Blues did here, and we we reaped the benefits of it. There was a fellow podcaster we talked about this on the show before who wanted to see Allen get games just to just you know to get him in there. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck are you? I mean, that makes no sense whatsoever. I don't. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm just gonna point this out. It's nothing to do with your comment. Let's just say that I've been told before. Well, anyone could have a podcast. <laughs> That is true. <laughs> uh, so Tarasenko ties it up at two-two. On a, uh, at, we're still in the first period, by the way. Of <laughs> game two, uh, hell of a period. I know a lot went on. Uh, Schwartz and Tarasenko come in uh, two on one against Zdeno uh, Chara after uh, Marshan takes himself out of the play. Thank you very much. Um, and it's not behind the play. Uh, Tarasenko feeds a nice pass over to Schwartz. Oh. They come down two on one. Beautiful, beautiful pass. And I thought for sure Schwartz was going back to Tarasenko. Um, but he didn't, and he did what he see a lot of players do nowadays. Pass off pad. Pass off pad. And I hate it. I mean, I, I hate that it's used a lot. You see it a lot, but I get it. I get that there's, you don't have a good, you don't have a lot to shoot at, uh, throw it far pad, get a rebound. Uh, you've got guys crashing. Makes sense. Um, but so that's exactly what Schwartz did. He wasn't shooting to score. If he scores, that's a bonus there. He was shooting to get a rebound for Tarasenko. Which is interesting because it was a two-on-one. You'd think he would try to feather across. To, he was on the forehand. Right. But. And, and that's the thing. Schwartz, his his penchant has been to make the pass. <laughs> Calm down, Bill. I'll move my commemorative uh, post-dispatch uh, issue out uh, there. How the good West thing, is one. Good thing this bad boy is empty now. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, he, he, you know, Schwartz would typically pass up any shot opportunity, but he made the right play in that instance. That was the right time to use the pass off pad, and that worked. Right, it, it worked it to perfection. Works. And although Tarasenko, right, Tarasenko stuck with that. I mean, they, yeah. I mean, they were already the NBCSN announcers were already slobbing on the knob of the of Rask and Chara for their defensive play. And Tarasenko buries his his, his Tarasenko shot his initial shot never got a net did it Char, no. Chara stopped it right. with a stick, and then uh, and then Tarasenko stuck with it and as as he's falling away, grabs Spins on his backhand back around and, and uh, puts it a over. backhander up got and I mean got a lot. that is a difficult play I don't know if, if anyone's played hockey and saw that play he's falling away from the goal on his backhand and is able to put it three quarters away at the net I'm like holy shit. That was yeah, neat. and and you get lift on it. Like yeah. I can't lift a I can't lift a backhand when I'm on my feet, <laughs> and he's falling down and lifts it. It's beautiful. That's a TJ Oshie goal. That's what that is. It's a Vladimir. It was Vladimir Tarasenko that scored it, though. I know, but it's a it's a TJ, it's a goal that TJ Oshie uh, has <laughs> scored. It reminds me of Oshie's style of play, falling and scoring. But it was ninety one. Yeah, I know. You're not getting this. Never mind. Over your head. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was beautiful. And you guys mentioned that the the the, the, uh, the shot off or the uh, the pass off pad. I do that in my men's league games, and it drives my freaking teammates crazy because I just don't think they understand the point of it. I'm not trying to score. I'm trying to get you a pass, and uh, they hate it. So 
to see it work, uh, it, it made me want to text them all and say, see, motherfuckers, it works. <laughs> right. it's, it is a brilliant strategic play because it typically you have the goalie moving and in a uh, subprime position to make a second save. Right. Um, that was By a the huge... way, I should, we should mention with Jesse Hill, he asked if uh, the podcaster we were talking about was Lance. No, no. it is not Lance. No. It we was, love Lance uh, over here on uh, Let's Go Blues. Radio. It was uh, Tending the Bench Warmer. I think that's the name of the show. It's a terrible show. Yeah, but <laughs> can't say I've listened to it. <laughs> I listened to it a couple times. Just just check it out. Um, no, it's not. I, I'm. It's not a. It's not a bad show. It's just. I mean, I don't. I don't agree with a lot of the takes they have. So I, you know, but whatever. It's not as bad as that blues hockey podcast. Oh God! Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> How much time you got? All right. Um, so this or the Blues NHL podcast, the Blues NHL podcast. Which, yeah. which one are we? Yeah, talking those about? guys. I get them confused. I don't know. They're they have the same name almost. So two guys, no cup. We we're going to have to change their name soon. Ooh, they're yeah. Pretty terrible too. Well, they're all yeah. terrible. to be fair. They don't have a cup. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. They could throw that one. That's funny. The first is the first year, second year they had a star, right? First, second year, second year. Yeah, yeah. they had it last year. Okay. Uh. That, this Teresingo's goal was huge, not just because the Blues tied the game uh, and marks the second time in the game the Blues came back to tie it up, but the Bruins could have gotten a lot of momentum from this save. I thought, oh, yeah. I, I thought, oh, yeah. I mean, they were on the verge. The crowd went nuts when they, after the first, uh, well, Teresingo's shot was blocked and, and the, looked like the 2 0 was thwarted. And uh, the crowd went nuts for a second and, uh, and then Teresingo put it in. So to, to, to take that momentum and that crowd energy away from Boston was a big deal. So, just how fucking clutch has Tarasenko been? Oh my god, he. I mean, he's always he. I mean, he's always been. Um, he's got good playoff numbers in his career, but yeah, this is he's been. He's been really good, especially lately. Uh, against the Sharks and against the uh, he had a series. He didn't start off too well, did he? Against uh, Winnipeg, did he? He didn't. Have a, he he had a series yeah, where he only had like yeah, a point or he two. He was cold. Yeah. But then he has turned it on, and that's been he's been, you know what they say: your best players got to be your best players, and he's one of the best players right now. So it's that's been good to see. Um, yeah, he's he's been. It's not only that he's been playing well; it's that he's been scoring big goals. Yep. It's not just he's well, coming in scoring a goal, and then the Blues are losing four one. It's he's scoring the game tying goals. He's scoring the goals that are getting the the games off to a good start for the Blues. I mean, he's he's doing it all right now. Well, I, these these playoff games are going to be probably low scoring games, rather low scoring games in the final here. And uh, the first game was three two if you don't count the empty netter, and the mm-hmm. second game was three two. So I mean, it's three two. I mean, you're, you're gonna if you get a goal, chances are it's gonna be a big one. So you got to come through because it's tough to score. I mean, you're, you're, there's and the Blues are working hard. So and I think we saw a lot of that game too. They just didn't stop. They kept coming. They tried to. I mean, they did. There was no real lapses in their in their play that I saw. Uh, much better. Uh, response in the first period here to respond uh, to the piss poor effort in periods two and three of game one. So after seeing the first period in game two, I'm like, fantastic. This is great. Yeah, I honestly, when they came out of the first period with a tie two, two, I said, that's a win for the blue. Oh yeah. Because oh, they, they went down one, nothing. First of all on, on the road in a building, they did not play well in for a full 60 minutes, the game before. And then they come back and, and they tie this game two two off a just a nice goal by Tarasenko. I mean, one of those never say die goals that really always gets the bench going. And to, to and then Biddington to to bounce back the way he did and have a, 
a good, strong finish to the period after the Nordstrom goal. Um, huge, huge. I, I was like, you know, I was thinking this team needs a strong bounce back after the Nordstrom goal, even if they didn't score a goal. If they just came out and had pressure for the rest of the period and go and enter the second down two to one, cool. Okay. Maybe they got a chance. But then when Tarasenko scores and they, they exit the first period with a, with a tie, I thought this is, this is, this is a win for them. This is massive. So before the first period's over, we've got the, uh, the boarding penalty on Sunquist, um, which came down about an hour before the show started that the decision came down, you know, that well, this morning they, we heard there was going to be a hearing on the play and it came down, the decision came down about an hour before their show started tonight saying that Sunquist got a game suspension for this hit. He got two minutes during the game, uh, for the board on, uh, Grizzlick who, yeah, what we said earlier, he had a tough game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 Grizzlick went to the hospital, um, and he is in what do they call it suspended. Uh, 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 he's basically gone for two weeks. He's he can't come back. He he'll miss the rest of the final. Uh, he's in what do they what's that the, the the protocol? He's in protocol. That's what they said. Yeah. So he's in concussion protocol. So he's he can't come back for at least two weeks. So he's done for the playoffs. Right. Um, the the rationale on the suspension is you know that Sunquist tracked him. Said from the um, hit him from with the, the numbers. Time that yeah, from the time that he got to the bottom of the circle through the hit, he the entire time was looking at Grizzlick's numbers. Which, which, you know what? I mean, he's off to the side. He's like a three quarters. He's not really behind him. It's I I I'm I have mixed feelings on this. I understand. I at the time I'm like that's a penalty. I I mean he's that's. It's, I, I agree with the two-minute board. I get that. You know, um, ended up hitting from behind. Two-minute penalty, fine. I don't. I'm going back and forth on it. I, I really. It's a tough man. It's a tough suspension to take if you're Sunquist. I don't. I mean, aside from completely altering how you're going into the corner from the get-go, um, and it really, you know, they say suspensions are in place to uh, let players know, hey, if you do this kind of thing, you will get suspended. So, it, so hopefully, it'll cut down on these kinds of things. You're never going to get this kind of hit out of the league. This is something that that a player is not going to be able to avoid. Right. I, 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 this, Sunquist comes in. He could have peeled off. He could have you know went for the puck instead of the hit. He could have done a lot of things, but he went for the check. And it's a it's the Stanley Cup final. It's a physical series. He went for the hit. Uh, got him in the got him in the numbers eventually, but I have a really hard time uh, with the suspension just because of the position that Grizzlick put himself in right before yes. the hit I, that's 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 what is tough to take because i don't know what sunquist is supposed to do if he's going for the check there if he's going to check John, that's he, he, you're allowed to check people okay yeah um so and i don't he wasn't directly behind him he was off to the side uh coming in three quarters angle okay and then if if Grizzlick doesn't doesn't put himself in a goofy position he's probably fine i mean he's he's lowered um and he his head lowers and he's he he cuts left and and throws the puck back right, so he's like all stretched out against the boards, and uh, and Sunquist hit him. I I think this qualifies as one of those plays where a player puts himself in a bad position, and and well, he gets hurt because of it. And well, I, whether he put himself in the bad position or if he stumbled, whatever. Yeah. He he was in a he was in a prone position. Oh, it's awkward. Yeah, real right. awkward. And and it wasn't Sunquist didn't do anything to put him in that position. Right. But he hit him right. while he's in that position, yeah. And and that's what you know. I when when I heard 
today that there was going to be hearings. You know, I, I, it felt to me like, yeah, one game sounds about right on this hit. Yeah. Uh, and the, you know, the video stated that, that if you watch the Department of Player Safety video, it explains why they ruled the way they did. Uh, the video states that the situation, this situation was not a case where a legal check was turned into an illegal check by the Bruins player adjusting his body at the last moment. They said that. Yep. They said that had not. They said that the reason that he got hurt had nothing to do with him changing his position at the last second. I don't know that's how they. I, I don't know how they came to that conclusion because that's exactly what no. happened. That's exactly and what I'll, happened. I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. I mean, you guys are saying you're okay with it. I'm 100 percent against this, and I even oh, I'm say not, I'm not. Was, I, I disagree with the ruling. I don't think he should be spending. I don't. I don't even think it was a two minute penalty. I mean, I get I get why they called it because in real time it's hard to judge that. So I'm I was fine with the penalty, but when Eddie O was saying, "Oh, the NHL is going to review this," I'm like, "Why?" For it being a legal check that a guy put himself in a bad position. Listen, Chris, like I get it. I mean, you know, he he stumbled. He didn't mean to do it. I think it was a total accident. But you watch Sunquist positioning, and I know I got into it with a couple people on Twitter today about this. You watch his positioning. He's where he's going to hit Grizzlick is is where his body would have gone if he wouldn't have stumbled, in my opinion. And if he if he hits his body clean, hits him shoulder to shoulder, and somebody said, well, you know, he changed his position. He he hit him up high. He could have hit him with his hip. No, he was leading with his shoulder. He was going in to hit him shoulder to shoulder, and that's a legal play. You're allowed to do that every chance you get in an NHL game. And I just feel like that was a would have been a completely legal check, but because of the stumble, and we talk about how quick this game is and how fast these players move, you can't expect Sundquist to completely let up there. Yeah. And I oh. I hate that play. And I think if, if Grizzlick walks away, I don't think there's any suspension at all. And I get it. He's hurt. It sucks. And I feel bad for the guy because, like I said, I don't think he did that intentionally. But for Sunquist to get a suspension in this is complete BS. He, it's a it's a legal play. The guy doesn't stumble. I don't. I, I, when I say I'm okay with the two minute penalty, I, I I when I saw the play, I I was not surprised they called a penalty on the play. The officials, okay, I, just just, just because just because well that's going to be called. They'll they'll see it as a penalty. That's that's real, that was my real point. time. Yeah, right. I yeah, that's it. my point. So. Um, but yeah, I don't. And, and people are saying that Sunquist had time to let up. He's five feet from the guy. No, bef- he when he when he puts himself in the bad position, he is already leaning forward, committing to the hit. And I just think I just think the the DOPS got it wrong. I I, I don't. I, you you're you're five feet from the guy traveling at a you know you're you're skating in. You're not like skating a half mile an hour. You know you're you're gonna you're gonna hit the guy. It's a, it's it's a it's a check in the corner. It's or against the board. That's I don't know. I I. I I, I, I don't see I think you're asking an awful lot of Sunquist to be able to process that much information in a five foot span or less uh, when he's traveling at the rate that he is. So I, I let me ask you guys, do you think that anything David Backus said had anything to do with their their decision? Uh, who knows? I don't know. I hope not. Because for those that for those that have not seen it, um I'm trying to pull up the full quote here, but uh, Jeremy Rutherford tweeted this out last night. It was uh, uh oh crap. Uh, I had it. Uh, never mind. I'm 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 dumb. I don't have it. Uh, Josh Webster. Well, okay. okay. It it starts with I don't think that's a hit. And this is Backus talking about the Sunquist hit. 
I don't think that's a hit we want in our game. It's from behind, elevated into his head, into the glass. If that's a two-minute penalty, I think there's going to be a shortage of defensemen in the series by the end of it. Um, he had a couple more. I'm trying to find the rest of the. the well, if, if that's a if that's a penalty and suspension, then then why wasn't the hit on Blay on the boards where he, yeah. his head hit the glass? Same. It was the same thing. Call by uh, Nordstrom. Wasn't same it? thing. I mean, it was shoulder to shoulder, uh, but it was it was more shoulder to shoulder, but it was. It was still. It was still. The rest, a, the rest. The rest of the quote. That's in somebody else's hands. That's something. I think if I'm making that hit, I'm probably watching from the bleachers for a few. But we'll see what happens with their player. That's. I hated that when I saw that. I thought, man, David Backus, get the hell out of here, you healthy scratch. I mean, good <laughs> lord. Like that. That is not the, the guy was suspended three games earlier this year for a cheap shot. We've seen him do cheap shots when he was the captain of the Blues. And for him to to compare anything he's done to that hit from Sunquist is complete bullshit. And I think he knows it. I think that was his way of trying to get in the Department of Player Safety's head. I don't know if it worked. Maybe subconsciously it did. But, man, I, I saw that, and it, it made me really want to have a few words for David back. I didn't think players were allowed to comment on officiating. I thought that was a yeah, fineable thing. Well, they can if, you know... I can't if, uh, I, I, but if you see, Backus, apparently. but you see players get fined for criticizing the officials. I, I guess it wasn't being critical of the officials necessarily. He played Backus played the least amount of minutes out of any Bruins player except for any guesses? Grizzly. Grizzly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he played. He played ten minutes five seconds. So he's yeah he's well and and the crazy thing about that is Connor Clifton did get a shift until the second period in this game. <laughs> Yeah, he played sixteen forty-seven. Yeah, uh, Clifton. Clifton <clears throat> sat on the bench the entire first period and didn't come in until the you know after you know well Grizzlick happened in the first period, right? Yep. So, yep. But a lot happened that period. That was a very busy period. So the so if Thomas isn't ready to go for Saturday's game, um, thinking Barbashev moves to center and then who dresses to replace uh, Sunquist uh, McEachern? Uh, that's who I want. Yeah, he's that's he's fine. mine too. Yeah. Strickland suggested Nolan too. I'm like, no, no. Nolan hasn't played in like a year and a half. <laughs> yeah, but but you know, if it was Ken Hitchcock, it would be Nolan because he's got experience. Well, right? well, he's oh, a big he body. Ken Hitchcock could be Chris he, He's a big body too, yeah. which I get. But McEachern is too, and right. McEachern has more skill, so and more speed. Right. So and, I I think it's a no brainer. Yeah, McKechnie no. was a big part of that winning streak. Yeah. I'd love to see him back in the lineup. And you know, the fact that you know his cousin Sean McKechnie, right? He's a Bruin. Yeah, right? most of his career he played with the Bruins. Okay. So, yeah, uh, I think he's the the type of guy we need in there. Um, uh, again, if Thomas can't go, um, you know, I, I you know thinking seeing Robbie Fabry go in for Thomas in the last game. Um, you know, we saw stretches where Robbie Fabry was really bad this year. Go back to that Ottawa game that we blew, oh. um, and his missed assignment. I oh, thought yeah. he was fine. I thought he looked he was good. Fine. He was fine. He yeah. looked good. He actually played uh, a little physical. Yeah. Uh, a couple. He was, mo- he was motivated. It was pretty obvious. Yeah, I mean, he was. I mean, he's he's not a big body, so there's only so much he can do. But yeah. uh, the effort was there. So I, you know, it was good. He was getting loose pucks a lot, which is, I think, the most you can ask for him. Right. Playing a and he threw his body around right. he, a little bit. He negated at least two icings that I recall. Uh, chipped in. Like, it was a set play where they chip it in uh-huh. and outraced the slow defense. So, so 
No goals in the second. Uh, there was a double minor penalty to Connor Clifton for high sticking Tyler Bozak. Uh, Schwartz is called for goal interference during this power play, wiping out the last 140 or so of the power play. And then, and of course, social media is outraged about this. So, I want to get your thoughts on uh, whether or not you, you agree with this goal interference penalty on Schwartz. On Schwartz, the, oh, totally. Yeah, me too. I, totally. Oh, Jeff. You, you, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, you know what's funny? It, it, the, the one of the common things that you see, you see people hear people say is, "What's Schwartz supposed to do there in that situation?" I'm like, "How not about not run into the goalie? goalie? <laughs> yeah, not crash the goal like yeah. that." You, if you take that angle, you, you, oh, he tried to get out of the way. I mean, he, I mean, he, he didn't, he didn't try to get out of the way really because he couldn't get out of the way. He was crashing into to Rask. And uh, I don't think the defenseman gave him enough of a shove to warrant to say that it was the defenseman that was solely responsible for that. I think Schwartz had, I think Schwartz had the most responsibility there as far as trying to avoid Rask. And he he cut the angle. Uh, he had nowhere to go. So if you have nowhere to go except into the goalie, then that's on you. Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't and, say he, he put himself in that position. Right. Right. And so I I think that's fine. I thought both goal interference calls were fine. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, well, I, the Blay one, you know, he's he's trying to, you know, just drive the puck to the net, and yeah, he he let himself glide into the Rask. Um, I I thought that could go either way, um, you know, because he he is the guy that's in control of the puck. Schwartz was just crashing the net, and and yeah, he just he followed through with his hit, and uh, you know, I I quite honestly, I was okay with it, but you know. Put some, you know, not that I, I advocate running a goalie, but if there's any time in a game when you can afford to do it, it's when you have a man advantage. Sure. So, and and the comment, the comments on uh, with, with the commentators, uh, they said that uh, that's the kind of penalty they're okay with because it's a it's a crash in the net kind of penalty. It's not a it's not a hook or a lazy you know trip right, or something. David Perron, right? It's not what you 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 miss an, an assignment, so you hook a guy or something. Um, I, and I'll buy that. I, I mean. It, if you're if, if the penalties you kind of if the kind of penalties you're going to get are the ones where you're busting your ass, you know, trying to score a goal, I guess those are the penalties you can live by. But uh, this is the second game in a row the Blues have had five penalties called on them, so ten penalties against uh, in the first two games. They need to cut that shit out. Yeah, uh, that you can't. I agree. You can't keep giving Boston five penalties, five yeah. power plays a game. Well, and, I agree. Yeah, I mean, they scored right away on yeah. the power play. They did. They scored one goal uh, in this game and one goal uh, next uh, the first game. Yeah. They uh yeah and I mean the thing with with the with doing the goalie interference is uh I think it's 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 making Tuka Rask guess every chance the puck's coming at him. Sure. Oh God, mm-hmm. is someone going to run into me? And he's a guy who's shown in the past to be very quick to lose his temper and uh, take a stupid penalty, uh, yell at the officials, whatever. And I think that if you can get that side of Tuka Rask out in this series, you do it every chance you get. And and I'm with you, uh, Bill. They had a five-on-four advantage. Yeah, you, you're a tie game, and you don't want to see a penalty. But man, if you could, if you can just rattle him a little bit and get him questioning how hard people are going to be crashing his goal, you do it every time. Uh, Rask uh, did the old. Uh throw his hands above his head back into the net uh, kind of thing, which it's funny when goalies get run, every goalie does it, where they just they get hit and they throw their hands up and they go back into the goal, um, which is probably not how you 
would react to getting run over to throw your and, hands up. But it's not natural. <laughs> it's not natural. It's embellishment. Every every goalie I've ever known is just every goalie. Like, and you know what? Uh, <laughs> officials know this. They have to. So if I was an official and I saw a goalie do that, I'd be less inclined to call an interference penalty. I really would. I'd be like, oh, maybe it wasn't quite as bad as I thought because he embellished. So, well, either way. Uh, no goals in the third. Uh, Gunnarsson did hit the post on a fantastic shot. Yep, about what, was it yeah, six minutes? Not much. Less than that, wasn't it? I, mean, it was about, I it was celebrated. About, it was about two or three minutes off, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, there was about three minutes left. Three, yeah. three and a half, something like that. Yeah, it was, it was, it was late. Yeah. And I I celebrated. I jumped out of my seat. Yeah, I, I said, too. "Wait, wait for the horn. The horn's yep. coming." <laughs> I, I did the exact same thing. I I, I kept saying it to him like, "Just wait." My wife's my wife and my best friend were here, and they're both like, "Dude, I don't think the horn's coming." No, the horn's coming. Just wait, guys. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Listen for the horn. Come on, Toronto. Never, the horn never came. The well, horn never came. Uh, Rass thought it was in. If you look at the replay, he his his shoulders slumped, and he he didn't react to the puck. At the other side, right away. Until oh, play still going on. I gotta, I better get my head back in the game. Uh, for about uh, maybe a good two seconds, he. I don't think he thought he thought it was in. Uh, Shen slashes uh, Akari's stick. So, and his stick breaks. Right. So this, this is, is a, one point this is we did not cover in the previous game. So at the point in the uh, in game one, Blues are down three to two. They get a power play. Five on four, Bozak's cutting through the middle, and Dan Chara snaps his stick in half with a fucking lumberjack. What about five on three? The tallest man in NHL history with a downward chop, ten feet in front of right. uh, Steve Kazari. That cannot be missed, and that was that was my biggest gripe with the officials from game one that they missed that fucking call because Blues go five on three, good chance they tie the game. And it's at least going over time, possibly. So yeah, so the, and there was. Did you guys see Sean Avery's? Uh, Sean Avery did something on Instagram. He recorded this uh, video. He was all about uh, how there was no slash. It was a he broke his stick on the shot. And I think I had a, I had a discussion with on Twitter with a couple folks about this. And I, I, I this the slash breaks the stick. I, yeah. I, I, did you guys? I mean, Jeff, yeah. did you? I mean, what did you see that or yeah. not? Okay. No. Yes. I mean, we'll get in. I have something to say about it, but yes, I'll yeah, let you. Make I think I think Avery just totally saw this wrong. I can see where someone might think that, based on the 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 one the 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 game camera, the one up high, it doesn't look really because you can't see because Shen's body screening up, but it seems to appear that Shen misses the stick and hits the ice, and then he and then the the stick is broken when he shoots it, shoots the puck, but on the ice level camera. You can see easily that the stick. There's a down when he slashes down. The stick makes hits uh, a car stick, breaks the stick. Oh, doesn't break it in half until he shoots. But right where he hit the stick, you can see there's like a seam in it, and you can see uh, Shen's stick kind of bow, like a like mm. ripple, like where it made contact with the stick. And then right right when he goes to shoot it, it breaks right where Shen's stick hit his stick. Okay. Shen slashed the stick, and Shen broke the stick. It was a it was a good call. But okay. but based on yes. the call that they missed in the first game was pissed me off. Yeah. No, I agree. And here's my problem with it. It I would be more inclined to go with what they did in game one and not call it. Now, 
99% of the time when a stick breaks, they call it. They call a, a slash every time. It was a it was a shooting play, that. though. I mean, it, was a, it took right. away a scoring chance, so that's why. Right. And, I know, exactly. And, and I, I But I hate it. that because these yeah. sticks break so easily. Yes. I know I'm not the only one to bitch about this on a podcast. But I know. But how, how, do, how do you, how do you if you're the officials, how do you, if you're the league, do you say, well, you can slash a guy's stick and if it breaks, it's not a penalty? How, how do you how do you change the rule? It's hard. I know it is. It's and really hard. Unfortunately, I think that it's you're just gonna it's just gonna be something that's gonna piss us off till the end of time because back when these these sticks were wood, we didn't see them snap like that on these slashes. You see it all the time. I see it every game. Yeah, and it's just it's infuriating because as a defender, someone that you know I I make that play that Shen makes. I take my stick and I hunker down on the other guy's stick and you let it go because it, you know, but, but sometimes you break the person's stick right. and it's like, they could have, it could have already been broken from a shot before it could have been weak from a slash, you know, two minutes before that, you don't know. And it's just, it's so infuriating for that to be a penalty. But like you said, Kurt, I don't think there's any way around it. I think he, yeah, I, referee's going to see that. They just have to call it. I mean, how, yeah. How do you, how do you see a player slashing the play a stick and break the stick and not, and not call a slash? It's just a hard thing. It's, un- to... it's just an unfortunate thing with the sport, right. and The technology. And it's the equipment until the until the sticks get stronger. Yeah, I, I just yeah, I don't know. Although, do you, as a player, do you want sticks to get stronger? You need to get a power play out of it. Um. Well, as a defenseman <laughs> who's broken many sticks, yes, I would like right. them to get stronger. <laughs> uh, lots of good saves both ends, second, third period. Uh, like I said, kind of a goaltending duel after the uh, the four goals in the first. Um, then overtime starts and the Blues put on a clinic. This is the th- that might be the best I've ever seen the Blues play over a four minute span ever in my life. Yeah. Uh, as far as like uh, offensive on pressure, right. oh my god, Complete it was like, domination. Oh, it was a three minutes and fifty one seconds of total ownage. Yeah, it got mm-hmm. got a line change. Yeah, and just everything went right. Did Boston even even like get possession of the puck? <laughs> uh, <laughs> if they did, they, it was briefly. Right, they did. And it was right after the Blues line change, and Steen's coming on the ice, and he cuts off the angle, then cuts to the net, gets taken down by Corrali, I think it was. Yeah. And that led to the extra attacker, and we never relinquished control after the extra attacker. Yeah, delayed penalty, um, and then Gunnarsson scores. It's interesting because uh, uh, Gunnarsson said to, after he hit the post, he, he commented to Brube in, in the bathroom. In the locker room. In the pissa. In the pissa. Uh, he was, more or less, he said, uh, I just need one more chance. Yep. And uh, I'll be damned. <laughs> he uh, uh, he passes to Preko. Preko gives it back to him on the point, and he lets the shot go. Petrangelo is screening in front, and it beats Rask. Blocker side again. There's Beautiful a great shot. View. Yeah. Great view here uh, from Patrick Connor on Twitter. I'll share yep. it with Kurt. Yeah, I saw that. Showing the screen set up by Petrangelo. Yep. Absolutely perfect. Was it Maroon out there that uh, waved at it with a stick trying to deflect it? I'm like, thank God you didn't touch it. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. He's too, he's too Petrangelo's right, whoever that is there. I thought it was Maroon. Well, that, was, that was a beauty shot. <laughs> and uh, just a, like you said, Kurt, the, just a well-executed play. They had the pressure. They were – Boston was – that's the first time I really felt like Boston was back on their heels for a, an extended period. Yeah. And well, they like, were back on their heels that whole over. Yeah, it was like they had no answer. And they were like yeah. and it, it's funny cuz did you see the uh oh, the young page views uh video of of that sequence? The Barstool Sports uh which we didn't talk about. I don't but, 
pay attention to. Okay, but anyway, but yeah, I get you. It was, the only reason I say that is because they were had a somebody was videoing them. A guy from Barstool Sports, uh, who was a Blues fan, and and the Young Page Views guy it was weird. But uh, so they had the video on them, and there was a Bruins fan to their right. And the Bruin, the emotion on his face, yeah. the, it was like, oh. and you see when they when they had the delayed penalty, he's like, oh, his heart sank. He's just like, this is. Really, you could tell in the emotion in his face that this game was about to end, yep. and he he just knew it, and it was painful, and well, he could see it coming. Well, everybody knew it. Every <laughs> like I, when we had possession of that puck, like I just kept saying, it's coming, it's coming, yeah. it's coming. And yeah, so it was slightly, uh, you know, I'll share the story from the day manner for this goal, slightly <laughs> anticlimactic because I, I had set the game up to record in the basement uh, just because I, I want these games, you know, in perpetuity. Um, but apparently that record just sets it off a half second and I heard the celebration from upstairs before uh. I saw the puck go in. <laughs> oh, So I, I was, you know, I was... uh after the third period and the intermission, I hadn't had dinner. So I went upstairs and I got to eat something. So I was, I was supposed to make something and I figured I'd get done making it and cooking it before I, the, so I didn't. So I, I was just about to finish before. And so my TV upstairs is a Roku Wi-Fi. So I'm watching on like probably a minute delay and I'm not going to like turn the TV off and come downstairs and miss a minute of play. So I'm like, I'll wait till commercial and I'll, or well, commercials don't happen overtime except for halfway. But I'll step here for a while, and so I saw it on a minute delay, yeah. uh, and I didn't. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I uh, so I, I said earlier I had my friend over, and um, my my son, we try to put him, you know, over the regular season we put him to bed, you know, between first and second period typically, and you know he's six years old, and uh, but we have to lay down with him for about ten fifteen minutes. My wife and I were like, "There's no way." Like we even even during intermission, we just we can't stay still that long so we're like you know what you're just you're just gonna stay up for the whole game so he stayed up with us and he was pretty tired um and uh he had uh, i had my beer sitting on the table uh in the in the living room we're all sitting in there my friend's sitting on the chair my wife and i are on the couch my son's sitting on the floor uh the dog's sitting right next to him and uh the blue score and i jump straight up i mean everybody jumps up we're screaming my wife highest pitch i've ever heard her yell and freaks the kid out so he starts screaming and yelling and crying so that sets the dog off so the dog jumps up knocks my beer over beer goes flying across the room and i mean it is just mayhem in my house i'm watching the beer flow from the can onto the floor and i'm like I'm not fucking cleaning that. Fuck it. I don't care. And I'm still yelling. I'm just going crazy. And my wife's like, pick the beer up. And I'm like, I'm too busy celebrating. I mean, it was it was mayhem in our house, but it was oh, it was so worth it. I mean, that Go ahead. Keep talking. I'll this background stuff. <laughs> that moment was just so Oh my god, it was so worth it. Every single second of it. So did you wake up the kids? Were they still awake? Or? No, they weren't here. They weren't here. They were here. So, so I, yeah, I was. No, I, I was basically yelling by myself, yeah. <laughs> jumping up and down. I scared my cat. Yeah. Uh, my cat was here. Uh, my dog was downstairs. He started barking. Yeah. Uh, so he celebrated too. And I, I opened up the front door, and I, uh, I just yelled outside. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. I just yelled, yeah, just as loud as I could outside, yeah. expecting to get a phone call from old man Fukuar next door. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, I, uh, I, I did. Uh, once we uh, opened the back door, I, I yelled, "Let's go, Blues!" <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, my my immediate reaction was yeah, just jumping up and down like a child, and just like utter disbelief. Yeah, one of the one of the happiest moments of my blues fandom. Well, it was the very first Stanley, Stanley Cup, Cup final victory. game victory. Yeah. I mean, it it happened. You know, we're one for uh, fourteen now. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what though? I'll take it. Uh, the fact that I was able to witness that. Um, oh yeah, man. I, I I mentioned I mentioned this on Twitter. I had a friend that I haven't talked to in six years. Somebody that that I was friends with when I was a kid. He called me a good 20 minutes after the game. I mean, he was wasted. But he was like, he was at a bar in Portland. That's where he lives now, apparently. And uh, I, he was just, dude, this means so much to me. You're the first person I wanted to call. We were the original hockey bums. I mean, that's what we did. We played street hockey. We'd come in at 6, 6.30, eat dinner, watch the Blues game. That's what we did all the time growing up. So... It was such a big deal. And just to, to, to hear the emotion in his voice and then to scroll through Twitter, scroll through Facebook and see all, what all these people are saying, this was such an unbelievable, memorable night for Blues fans. Keith Price in the YouTube chat said, uh, we yelled when Pujols hit that home run off of Brad Lidge. I was over at his house and that happened. We, we ran outside and yelled. <laughs> Same kind of thing. <laughs> I was asleep for that. Uh, so the Blues outshot uh, the Bruins 37-20 to 20 in this game, which was uh, almost a polar opposite of the first game. Uh, face-offs were dead even at 50% each. Uh, Bruins once again had five power plays, which we talked about, and scored on one. This needs to be cleaned up. Uh, we, we had three ourselves, uh, scored on none. Out hit the Bruins 50-31 uh, to 31 in a brutally physical game. So uh, four of the five goals that have scored in the series have been blocker side on Rusk. Um, 19 Blues players have scored in the playoffs. 13 have scored more than once. That's some pretty good depth. Well, I mean, just think about who scored in this series. Third pairing defenseman. Yeah, I know. Bortuzzo, Gunnarsson, yep. um, uh, Clifton. Yeah, Connor yeah, Clifton. Yeah. yeah. It's well, that's, that's playoffs. I mean, yeah, have to get it from everywhere. You got it. You, you, I mean, their top guys get shut down, the other guys got to chip in. Uh, uh, I mean, we've talked about the officiating enough to, I mean, I was going to say that, you know, the officiating in the NHL is, is typical to me. I mean, they get calls wrong. They miss a lot of stuff. Sometimes it favors one team. Sometimes it favors the other. I, I don't know. I, I, I it, it's, it's as long as it's like shitty for both sides. Um, I'm like, it is what it is. It's always been that way. So people always talk about, uh, let's fix it, fixing it, fix the fishing. You can't fix it. Uh, See, it's funny. My my wife was asking me. She she was asking that the same thing. You know that it seems like they're leaning towards Boston, and yeah, it seems that way. But but the way that I see it, and and maybe I'm reading into it, it, it's I think that it's so much easier for the officials, and it's not done intentionally. I think it's a completely psychological thing that the fans react. You hear the fans just get on you. And, you know, they're all calling penalties. You know, you got 19,000 people in the stands calling a penalty before your arm goes up. And I think it's just easy for the official to to hear that. And then, oh, yeah, that's got to be a penalty and throw the arm up. You know, I'm, 
again, not intentional, but I think when the home crowd is as, as raucous as, as Boston is, as San Jose was, and as, as how St. Louis is going to be the next two games, I think that's what, what happens. And so we'll see if that, that continues, that trend continues here in St. Louis for games three and four. But I think it's completely just something that, that it's an anomaly in sports that you're not going to be able to stop. You're going to see that with the home team. And that's part of the reason they call it, you know, home ice advantage. Well, we'll see. We'll see if the blues uh, get a few calls here at home ice. Um, I, briefly, uh, the, which I didn't know this until you added it, Jeff, to the, to the show notes, uh, the disrespect for the blues personalities uh, in Boston, a uh, number of things happened. Uh, the what uh, which uh, 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 this is an article by Ben Fred, right? Yeah, 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 that, yeah. So uh, that was that was kind of. But uh, for those who didn't know, it's uh, Jackman asked to was asked to step off the elevator uh, so Belichick could get on. <laughs> I build it. You heard this? Okay, I've I've not. Yeah, I've, apparently uh, the elevator was you know, crowded, so Jackman had was asked to get off, and so Belichick could get on. Uh, and a sinless cameraman had a rat in his toilet in his hotel room. Huh. And uh, Barube asked was asked for credentials when arriving at uh, TD Ameritrade. Uh, he's and uh, the, the blues the blues employees uh, had popcorn thrown at him all game. Yeah, so that were, uh, that were in attendance. So fucking uh, fucking Boston. I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ. I, uh, that's why the whole Look, country hates the fucking right, sports in, town in, in fucking Barstool. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. yeah well, let's let's we we'll talk about that real quick. Uh, if many might not have heard this if you were on social media because it wasn't as primarily that. Where we heard about this, I think, but uh, Barstool Sports sponsored the rally towels for Game Two in Boston, and uh, Barstool Sports is a Boston-based uh, blog site, very popular, very, very sexist and misogynistic. misogynistic um, but basically, a bunch of assholes that run the place. Yeah. They degrade women, they uh, openly, right. and, and and they they pride themselves on it, and, and you know, it's so, and uh, so. And there's all kinds of examples of, of, of this happening. They've uh, staff members have left the building crying because they're you know it's, it's a verbal sexual assault kind of thing. So uh, and so the Boston Bruins they offered uh, I guess Barstool came to them I guess or maybe they came to Barstool I don't know about sponsoring the towels and so their name and logo was on the towels for game two and then there was a bit of an uproar on uh, social media about it. Uh, a lot of Boston uh, people too were kind of like annoyed by it I guess. But well, I mean when when they're not even allowed with press credentials or allowed to, to really be a part of any kind of coverage for sports. They're, they're mostly a secondary, you know, like a, like a blog site. Like you said, they're not ESPN. No, they're not, uh, you know, they're not even, they're not Fox sports or anything like that. And for Boston, for the Bruins to allow them to sponsor. I mean, I said this to you, Kurt, like, uh, uh, why, you're telling me you couldn't find anyone else to sponsor those rally towels? I know. In all of Boston? I mean, come on. Use your brain, Boston Bruins. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. Uh somebody knew somebody and did somebody a favor. I don't know. It was that that El Presidente guy can he's a suck prick. a lemon. He's a fucking prick. He I mean he's a prick with money. He sold his the majority interest in the Barstool too though. To somebody for like fifteen million dollars or whatever it is. They uh they attacked Jeff Jones. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's what I was just looking Which it up. They they asked him to to come on the the radio sh- uh, call in 
Right. right. And they just attacked him the whole right. time. Because he, he chirped them about, you know, their misogyny in, right. in that. And so they, uh, he said, I'll come on and, and talk about it. And they chirped him about the, you know, the bank robbery bullshit. Yeah. Right. And, uh, yeah. Did you see the final thing that he posted? Uh, the, the DM that they sent him? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He shared the DM. Yeah, Jesus. that was a fucking... And this right. is Barstool Sports. I'm not sure I'm going to read it. But. Yeah, I'll go ahead and read it. Um, so this is after Jones went on the show. And this is uh, them uh, thanking him right. for coming on the show. Hey, I just want to say, I appreciate you coming on our radio show and speaking your side. I wanted to tell you fine, tell you to finally succumb to your base instinct and kill yourself. I promise your family won't care or notice. So that... and, oh, and shit. And they were allowed to sponsor... The rally towels, right at the at game two, the Boston Bruins. Good on you, Bruins, you fuckheads! Jesus Christ, I it's just it's just a st- I mean, there's it's a bad idea. No, nobody nobody in the Bruins organization came forward and said, um, it's probably a bad idea. Right, to that'd be like if the Blues decided to let uh, Art Lippo sponsor our towels. <laughs> right, <laughs> uh, how many bands from Twitter has he got this year? Three, four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they—it's—it's it's fucking Boston, one of the you know major cities in the United States. The fucking Dunkin' Donuts has David Pasternak in national TV ads, and you—you you can't get somebody like that, and you have to go with this fucking terrible organization. Yeah, it just uh, yeah, I—I I don't know. It's I, a disgrace. I don't know. I, I would—I would love—I would love for a reporter to talk to the Bruins about it and ask him why. What was the decision-making process? I'm just, I mean, I'm not that it's a huge news deal. It's just, I'm curious, you know? I mean, it's, it is what it is. It's a bad decision to so- associate yourself with this blog, this shitty, right. sexist, racist blog site. Yeah, your your brother has it right. I mean, he he's, it's called locker room talk. That's exactly what they do. And it's the fact that it's publicized and people... I don't know. I mean, listen, if you like it, that's fine. I'm not going to rag anyone who reads Barstool. It's just, it's not for me. And I'm a guy, I'm a guy who loves the locker room talk. You know, I show up to, to hockey and that's one of my favorite parts about hockey is getting together with my buddies and, and just saying whatever the hell I want in the locker room. But to see it on a, on a site like that and for people to just act like children, just not my thing, not my thing at all. I pulled up Barstool Sports here, and uh, they got uh, articles on the front page on the column here. Uh, people are upset. The first curvy Love Island contestant, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of stuff about boobs in here, which, you know, that's your thing. You know, more part to you. But uh, it's kind of the ultimate bro culture. Right yeah. Now. And I'm sure some folks find it entertaining, and that's fine. But, I, but the whole point is uh, the Bruins probably shouldn't have. Uh, Paired up with them. No. No. <laughs> and hey, Jeff Jones, if you're listening, we love you. Because he's part you're of always it. welcome to come on our show. He was part of the championship Let's Go Blues Radio uh, trivia team there. That's Damn right. At, uh, you're always going to be a member. At Sunrise Brewery. Let's Go Blues Radio Brotherhood, my friend. Defending champions. Mm-hmm. Come from behind. Thrilling. Last second victory. Over two guys sued to rename their podcast. <laughs> two, yeah, <laughs> two, two guys, uh, two guys, uh, gonna rename their podcast soon. I'm gonna we have hope. to send that. To we them. hope that's, yeah. that's their new name. They're they're two guys sued to rename their podcast. <laughs> that's funny. That's a good one. That's a keeper. That's a beauty fish. 
All right. Um, anything else, guys? Uh, on to game three uh, in St. Louis. Um, I'm excited. Yeah. You guys, uh, you're going to game four, Bill. I'm going to game four. Um, yeah, I, uh, I could not pass the opportunity to see a Stanley Cup final in our home building, uh, a game. Um, although I will tell you that uh, I was, uh, I was, I was pretty damn worried uh, going into last night's game because if they come out of there two nothing, I may have just, you know. Paid a hell of a lot of money for soul crushing defeat uh. in a <laughs> sweep. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so that that extra l- relief on Gunny's goal last night was uh, was palpable in, <laughs> in my household. Um, but yeah, no, I, I do have tickets to Game Four. Um, so Game Three is Saturday. Um, going to be a, a big sitting on the couch watching sports day. Uh, you got Liverpool in the champions league final in the afternoon, yeah. uh, get a couple hour break before the blues Bruins. I, uh, I'm supposed to, uh, there's a birthday party. I was invited to about five 30. I don't yeah. think I'll be going to that. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> So last night I was supposed to have a softball game at 5:45, and so I would have got done. It was on the hill. Huh. Would have got done, you know, quarter to six or quarter to seven. Got home about 7:15, and uh, luckily I got huh. stuck in an impromptu meeting, and uh, it started pouring right when I was getting ready to head out, and uh, they canceled it. Oh, so nice. It worked <laughs> out very well for cool. me. Cool. <clears throat> Yeah, so um, I, uh, I I might be heading down to Scott or uh, Enterprise on Saturday myself. Uh, I heard there's going to be a large contingent of people right outside the arena watching the game. So I uh, oh uh, I may head down there for that. Cast we'll it on the wall or something? Are they going to big screen? That's what I that's what I hear. I don't know if it's true, but that's what I was told by um, the jerks over at Blues Hockey Podcast. Oh, I thought that was their tailgate. I thought they were doing a tailgate, just them. And just those, just oh, them by the, just just those two guys, that, just by themselves. Is that in the parking lot across the street? <laughs> Nobody else is even allowed. <laughs> you show up, they kick you out. No, oh, it's no. just for us. Looks <laughs> like a podcast only. <laughs> um. So yeah, I don't. I don't know. I uh, I didn't hear about the uh, about that. I could be wrong, but uh, oh, either maybe, way, no, I'll I'll maybe it is. I don't know. I, I didn't hear about. It. I know they're going to have their usual uh, tailgate. So the uh, don't they the shots for goals and stuff like that. That's uh, mm-hmm. game time, right? Right, game time, yeah, right. Yeah. Game time. And uh, so I, but I didn't hear anything about a big screen watch party, but that'd be kind of cool. Well, keep that in mind, too. Let's give them a little plug. St. Louis game time for those of you uh, attending the game or attending the rally before. Um, that This is the uh, first time St. Louis game time is able to uh, cover the Stanley Cup final. So right. uh, make sure you check them out and... Um, Pick up a, a paper of your own because that's going to be something historic for you. That's true. It is a that's, that's a keeper, a keeper right. edition. It's uh yeah, first time they've printed in June. Yeah, it's June Saturday, and there was only one yeah. today in Blues history too, <laughs> and it was a trade. There's not a lot. There's slim pickings this time of year. Okay, I think that'll do it. Unless you guys got something else. No, uh, two hours is good. David Backus. Yeah, David Backus. You know, whatever. I. <laughs> <clears throat> whatever yeah I, <clears throat> I i will say on the, my 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 one thought on david backus and uh 
we can close on this if you want. I want, I, I want it to happen here. Oh, the, the if, cup, the, if, the ceremony. If the Blues win, I want it to happen here. More so for David Backus to have to realize that he walked away from this, and fuck him. Yeah, I think if he was here though, things would been a little different. He, six million dollars he offered or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I get it. Yeah, same thing. He's oh, I could have been a part of maybe this. Yeah. Josh Webster says I want to see Petro and Backus go at it. Uh, like in a fight? I think Petro would lose yeah. that. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Backus. Maybe Maroon. It. Maroon and Backus. Maroon and Backus. That'd be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, for Jeff Ponder and Bill Day, I'm Kurt Price. That will conclude this week's broadcast of Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone, let's go blues. Let's go blues. Suck it, David Backus, and let's go blues. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friends.